Thank you for riding on Nerd Thug Radio. You must be 42 inches in order to ride this ride. Please fasten your safety belts. Pull your chest restraints down until they lock. Keep hands and feet inside the roller coaster at all times. And once again, thank you for choosing Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome to Nerd Thug Radio on Money Green Music. Talking nerdy. Home of the throwbacks. All right, guys, we are in week... Like a million? Nine. Is it nine now? Nine. nine weeks. We have an announcement we're going to make at the end of the episode here. So nine weeks has gone through. Um, what do you think our grade is? Because school goes nine weeks, right? Is yeah, that Nico? Is that you graduated? Uh, it's it's six days? weeks for us, but it used to be nine. Nine weeks? So. Yeah, they did do nine weeks for a minute. I do remember that. Um, we were nine weeks whenever we were wee little lads. Yeah. I would say this being the first nine weeks of the year for us, for this for this project. B plus at least? I was gonna say B. I'll go B plus, like an eighty-eight. Okay, okay. I was gonna say B. Um, I think we, I think we've, we've got room for improvement. We've got room to grow, but we definitely are. Uh, we landed on our feet. Landed we... on our feet. So let's pause for show identification. Yeah, we've got. Uh... We got Corey DLG here running things as always. I'm here, uh, Joey Savage, the captain as usual. To uh, my right here is um, Pop Top Rico Nico. And uh, we've got a little special guest who's just kind of watching the show with us today. You might hear something from her, but the very own three-time Taekwondo State Champion, Sadie Savage. Sadie, say a few words. Um... Perfect. See? <laughs> <laughs> she learned the um from Corey DLG. That's true. That's from true. listening to all the podcasts. That's how you know she's a fan. Perfectly conical ums. The Can- perfect. Yeah. yeah you know, I have to listen to it every night. See? So See? She listens to it every night. That's so right. It's a bit of weird, it's a weird recording night. It um, is, it is. It's a, it's we're, a weird in, weird um, we're in the B-side station today, yeah. uh, recording. <laughs> we are in the backup studio, that's for sure. Last week we teased we would have information on Space City Con. However, it's flooding once again here in uh, Houston, Texas. Specifically, yeah. the homes of where we live. The north side County, of Houston. North side of Houston. So we're recording a little bit early. So we've got some interesting things that have happened this week, including tonight. So... One thing is, is I, I picked Nico up today, and we couldn't get home. So me, him, and Sadie Savage, we've been hanging out in the DLG's place, and uh, I tried to go use the restroom. No toilet paper. Dude lives in a bachelor pad. There is no toilet paper. Okay, I have a roommate, though, and the guy, he goes through toilet paper nele, nele. at, a, at, a, at andale, a, andale, mama, an exponential yeah, yeah, rate. Uh-oh. He just he crushes toilet paper at an exponential rate. I always like, always tease him about it. Toilet paper to like the twelfth power. Yeah, like I always tease him. I'm always like, "What's going on in there with you and the toilet paper?" And he's just always, I use toilet paper. I just you know <laughs> I like to feel soft. I guess. Yeah. So I, I didn't have toilet paper, so I had to like wait out in the flood, like drive through a gas station that was yeah. flooding at the bottom. Then they didn't have toilet paper, so then I had to use the restroom and steal half their toilet paper to bring it back to you guys. Because as the captain, I have to take care of my people. There you yes. go. 
He didn't, so, he didn't get us through. The, he didn't wait us through the water there. We made, I did. We, made we, it we, back. We, we, we took all these <laughs> back routes to get to the DLG, and uh, it's been pretty interesting. Uh, Nico has a, a pretty interesting story that happened this week. You oh my tell gosh. Him, Nico? Are we going to tell the story? <laughs> you know, let, him, let him tell the story. Let him tell so the story. Nico, I want you to tell the story like you told me and Corey, because <laughs> when you told it, it was hilarious. So uh, we had we had a graduation practice today. and um, So Nico's graduated a few days from high school. Correct. So we're, we're all sitting in this. We're all sitting in the gym, and we're just standing there in our in our spots that we would be if we were um, in the stadium. We're sitting there, and we're thinking, all right, this is pretty neat. We're just going to stand here for like two hours because they have to explain everything to us. And then they're like, oh, no, go ahead so, and so sit before down. Before we go there, like, it takes them two hours to tell you to sit here, walk there, hold this diploma, wave there, and leave? Yeah, what's going on? What I kind don't... of school do you go to? Just a ridiculous we digress. Story. So yeah. finish the story. Anyways, it's amazing. So uh, we sit there. So we're, we're just this. we're just sitting down for like an hour, and you know my legs are starting to fall asleep, and I was like, oh, this is this is horrible. This is not good news. And then I try to stand, immediately fall <laughs> on my. <laughs> I'm just I'm just I'm flailing everywhere, flailing everywhere, falling all over the place. <laughs> I end up hurting my ankle, and now I can't walk properly. It's <laughs> <So> awful. <laughs> We get out of the car today like three or four times trying to beat the, the rain going <clears throat> to eat or get to the DLG's house. Right. And uh, poor uh, Stinko Nico Rico over here is like hop along because <laughs> he hurt himself um, with his feet falling asleep and then standing up and falling over. It sounds like a good cartoon show maybe. Did you like, do you fall down the bleachers? <laughs> no, no. We're, like It's literally the floor and I stood up and I like, couldn't feel my legs. So just so we're clear, you failed to match the art of sitting and standing. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, Sadie Savage. Sadie. Oh, she is coming oh, into the spirit. All right. What do you got? What do you have? So, um, the other day this week, my mom's helping me try to figure out with this Supergirl costume that we're. So making before for- we get going, uh, when we do go to Space City, you guys, if you see us there, if you saw us there today, Sadie Savage will be wearing the most awesome homemade Supergirl, Supergirl cosplay. She is the kid cosplay expert. Continue with your story. Specialist. And Specialist. You know, you give me that every single time. We, yeah. we established this, and uh, every time I say expert, you're like, no, wait, yeah. wait, wait. We said specialist. Like, Be- because you this, were at it. You were at experts. This was me and you who decided this. All That's right. why I have Nico here, the producer. Keeping you clean. Keep us in check. All, All right. right, so finish. Mommy's helping you. So Mommy Savage is helping you with your... Uh, Mom Savage. Mom Savage. Mom Savage is helping you with your uh, costume. And Not to be uh, mistaken with Randy Savage. Go ahead. Oh, yeah! And um, I'm, she's trying to put my shoe on. It's like making my boot. And so I'm like... She says I don't stand flat on my feet when I walk. No, you stand like Nico walks. Awkwardly. <laughs> no wonder you guys go And I like, I like... Stand on the side of my foot. She says I stand I, I have, on the side of my foot. I do that out of foot. necessity, though, to not injure myself further. <laughs> yeah, so you and Nico, y'all stand and walk the same. I really love the commentary. There. I do, yeah. She jumped right in there she with just her side foot walking. She was. We, we might checked, and she was very hesitant to say anything. And now, all of a sudden, we're yeah. five minutes into the show. She's like, she's, wait, this is live? This is, we're this dropping is, bombs? This is I'm in! I am on this. Dropping bombs on Baghdad. So At least you know there's a career uh, that keeps her off the tables. Yes. You know? That was not appropriate. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. What kind of table? Like pool tables? The poker tables? I mean... The Pokemon tables? What are you happy with? I'm happy with all three of those. 
Pool tables, poker tables, Pokemon tables? Oh, she's playing all this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. all right, yeah, okay. I'm happy with Pokemon tables and hero quick tables. Hey! Ooh. This is Seven a... Seven-year-old child prodigy at the hero Savage quick. nerd thug in training. So, okay, before we jump into our first segment... It's like a reserve team. Yeah, before we jump into <laughs> our, our first segment, some Sadie Savage, she's going to mention something here, and then we're going to let her, you know, take a break. What has been your favorite hero clicks team to play so far in all of our matches? Think oh, you were, tell- you were telling me about one today. Yeah, what team were you telling uh, DLG about? I like playing this X Men girl game, um, girl team, which it has like Hope Summers, Storm, Marvel Girl, Jean Grey, and was it Psylocke that was on there? I can't remember the other one. Emma Frost, right? Emma Frost. Emma Frost. That's a pretty good team. Yeah, it was a pretty solid team. Which Emma Frost? The Emma Frost from um, AVX. Oh, Oh, so the one that uh, low point value one. Oh, okay, okay. Yep. That's pretty good, good though. Yeah, she's pretty good. I think was it 300 points? No, it was like a 400 point squad. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. She was rolling up against my, uh, Sinister Six squad. You know, this is why you get all your extra practice and beat us, is because you play Sadie. I'm just and better I, than you. And I still oh, won. Please. I still just won. straight through. Oh, please. Just, really? Okay. So. Oh, please. I was, I was down to one character, and he was down to one, one character. We were down to, beat. yeah, we were down to. I hope you were both down to critical hits, like you can only hit if you crit. <laughs> we were, no, we were down <laughs> to. Unbeatables. Yeah. I had the Lizard from Amazing Spider-Man, oh. so he can regen. The regen in the free action, yeah. And uh, I want to say she had the Emma Frost. And, she... and you had Mole Man. Oh, and I had Mole Man. He was the guest speaker on the Sinister Six Squad. But... No, so I'm just it wasn't a Sinister I mean... Six Squad? <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, because they were all animals, and he was like, Hey, Mole Man. <laughs> all right, Still so... not part of the Sinister Six. <laughs> but that's the noise he makes. Um, okay. Confirmed. Listen, Confirmed. Mr. Nico, whenever you play Heroclix, you can create whatever squads you want. Right. You can name them whatever. Uh, tell them about my Midnight Suns team. Oh, so last week, guys, we um, did a little discussion um, on some comics we would try to go with. Right. And we were trying to live Twitch a game. Um, technical difficulties. We, we didn't get the hero clicks going. The technical is, it's difficult for us. It's difficult for us. <laughs> but however, we did Twitch us playing some WWE 2K. Right, we figured out a point and which click. Which was very awesome. Oh, yeah, the Viking. So, I created my Shield Paranormal team, and DLG created his Midnight Suns team. Yes, I did. DLG, you want to go on and talk about your Midnight Suns team? Yeah, so if you recall last week when we were discussing these things, uh, you know, Joey created a Shield Paranormal investigative unit, kind of like X-Files, with uh, with some muscle with Blade there. And what I did is I went the other way, and I went superheroes that are mystical-based teaming up to stop something. So as we talked about in week two, my Netflix dream team, Ghost Rider's one of the members, but he's a guy who's afraid of the Ghost Rider element the spirit of vengeance so he doesn't necessarily always want to be him and then you've got a uh, like a ninja wielding assassin this would be my midnight she wields ninjas yeah she wields ninjas yeah. so two hands ninjas, ninjas on each, each hand. hand she's doing like tummy tummy like, circle up with ninjas right Beautiful. Like she throws a ninja and then that ninja throws a sword. It's like a twelve foot range. That's pretty good. Right. Yeah. That's, That's at least a range of eight. At least at least at least <laughs> seven. So why don't you just why don't you just run down and just tell us who you picked for this team? So to represent those ideas of those characters, I went with Jason Blood and the Demon Etrigan. Yep. So he can turn he, from blood to To the Ghost Rider. That was kind of my idea there. That's my Ghost Rider guy. And then to represent my other the other character I had kind of created the team around, it was Typhoid Bloody Mary, the two that switch out on the Deadpool thing. Because they're just crazy. Right. And then it was also the Astral Doctor Strange and then the generic Apprentice and then the Magician. 
So just a couple generics to, to round the squad out. Mysticals, always. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I kind of did the same thing. So I, I we haven't played this match yet. Uh, we are definitely going to very soon. We're going to try it. We might even try doing this uh, tomorrow on Monday. Yeah, we might try this yeah, tomorrow, Memorial Day. You know, grill a little burger, some hot dogs. Yeah, get some clicks in. So my squad was Sky from uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She was my big draw there, along with Jimmy Woo. Uh, we had Blade for the muscle. Uh, we took along with us. Oh, I did add a, a British character by the name of Union Jack. Oh, nice. To get a little nice. bit of that in there. And then I just had a few uh, generic shield agents. And then Blade. And, and Blade, yeah. Obviously Blade. Blade and Blade. Everyone's favorite. Blade on Blade. So, uh, yeah, guys, look for the Facebook page. We'll tell you if we get going. And uh, we'll see if we can get to the my. Uh, i got to bring my Metropolis team. It's Lois Lane in every version of Superman I own. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Speaking of every Superman you own, and with that, that kind of can take us into our next bit. We want to talk a little bit about some new things going on in comics this week. And with the multiple Supermans, kind of plays into what they're doing. Has anyone read that series, Superman? Is that no. a, wait? Is that an actual series, I'm Superman? Pretty, I'm pretty sure it is. No, I've there was a, a you know, it's like a special or something. There was a deal going on like after the death of Superman, where like four different guys were, oh, they might be Superman. But in the new Corey, you were telling about this earlier. Yes. Okay. So go DC, ahead and start in with this. So DC Rebirth is coming out, and basically what they're doing is they're restarting a lot of stuff again. They're kind of doing another soft reboot. I think what happens at DC Comics is the complaint box gets full. They go through, they read the complaints, they take like the top five complaints, and they fix those with like a soft reset. Because remember, the New 52 was essentially a soft reset of the regular continuity where you got to keep some things. I want to tell you this. Before we jump into Rebirth, I was never a DC Comics fan. The actual comics. Right. TV shows when I was younger, the movies I was always into. I was into Batman and stuff, but I never read... DC Comics. When the New 52 hit, it brought me into DC Comics. Well, see, that was the, the New goal. 52 Flash and the New 52 uh, Justice League. Um, I'm reading the New 52 Firestorm right now. I mean, all, I love all that stuff. Like, okay. It's really, it got me into DC and now they're just crashing it and starting over. So maybe the rebirth keeps me intrigued. And by some of the things you're about to explain to these guys that you told me, I'm kind of intrigued. So right. So here's your story. So here's here's kind of my thought. You kind of you kind of touched on it for me there. I sort of feel like the WWE and DC Comics have something in common where they feel like their hardcore readers, no matter what, are going to keep coming back. So they need to cater to the casual fan more, and so they go out of their way to create things to go out of their way to make events, to go out of their way to over-promote, and that's what they feel like gets in the guys that only buy sometimes in certain things. So DC Rebirth is happening. It's it's jump-starting. It's, it's resetting the DC universe out of, out of multiversity, which was kind of supposed to be their solution to DC 52, and now they're solving that again. Essentially what happens here is the return of Wally West, the Flash. Spoiler, Wally West is back. Guess who's back? Back, back again. again. It's Wally West. That's Wally's West. West. Right, yeah. Go tell, tell a friend. friend. Yeah. Guess who's back. Guess Go. who's back. Go. So anyway, the whole comic book, Wally West is running through the DC Universe and nobody remembers him. And that's sort of eating him up. Until he crosses paths with Barry Allen, who actually breaks down and says, of course I remember you, Wally. How could I ever forget you? I'm so sorry I even thought I forgot you. And that remembrance brings him out of the Speed Force and into the reality. But as he runs through the reality, you see these different things changing. Uh, one of them is the new the, the new 52 Superman is going to explode or die somehow coming up very soon. And the pre-52 Superman will make his return. But also in that... His his explosion is going to create several new new Superman Superman types, which can play into Nico's version of wanting to play multiple Supermans in Hero Clips. I have have the Clark Kent... (laughs) <laughs> that Clark was actually Kent, a segue. Standard Superman and then Bizarro. Ooh. Yeah. Me Bizarro. But Bizarro. so 
Bread Son Bizarro. He's, Son. He fights for America. That's right. That is kind of a neat idea that he fights for America. And, but one of the interesting things is they're going to have a Chinese Superman. I guess the um, Marvel did a, an Asian Hulk, so they have to have an Asian Superman. That's what yeah. it is. It's an arms it race. I mean, it's an arms race. It is an arms race. Kind of. Yeah, a little bit. And so what they're saying is there's actually going to be a few Superman-powered types. This will help kind of create... Wasn't that already Black Adam? Wasn't he like the Asian Superman? No, Black Adam was actually the Shazam before Shazam was. So he's the, he's the, Af- he's the Asian Shazam. African-American Shazam? He's the Egyptian. He's Egyptian. He's Arab. So... Is that Asia? Uh, it's African. Africa, right. Te- I actually grew up in high school. There was a girl who was Egyptian. She applied Does for an African. Did she walk like an Egyptian? Uh, yeah, always. Just, walk like just profile. Egyptian. It was very yeah. odd. She never looked at you head on. She just kept a profile <laughs> all the time. Did she no. want you to call her Cleopatra? No, because actually her name started with a K. It was very long. It was not Cleopatra, though. Kanamini Kanarusu! Like that? We're going to leave that alone. Okay. <laughs> um, however, the funny thing that I'll, I'll never forget about her is she actually applied for an African-American scholarship, won it, and then they uh, politely told her that they cannot award her for that because she's not the African-American they meant. Turns out they meant black. They you didn't mean Egyptian. Uh, you want to hear my... Yeah, Af- no, that technically counts. <laughs> it does. It's on a map in the so continent of Africa. if they were South African and they were white, they wouldn't have got it? I honestly think That's that... racial profile. I, I actually do think they would have told those African-Americans as well that they could You want to hear my funny African-American scholarship story? Yes. So my senior year, high, senior year in high school... Go on. They um, gave away in the school district a Martin Luther King Jr. scholarship. I remember this. So you had to write an essay okay. about what you felt like his dream meant to you. Right. And turn it in. They picked one person from each of the four high schools in my district. I won from high school. It's true. This so is true. I have to go to this this uh, church on Martin Luther King Day to celebrate, receive my scholarship. Okay? So it's me and my mom. And it's a very, very flamboyant gospel African-American church. Please tell me you testified. Like, tell me you didn't just read no. the... Tell and me you were like... We were the only Caucasian people there. Everyone else that one were African Americans. Oh, and here's man. me and my mom. And you know, back then, if you know, I was in love with Eminem. So this is true. I've got the bleach blonde Eminem hair. You, you really and thought I'm just standing up on stage, just straight cheesing with my mom, like just smiling away, like just going straight white nerdy on them. Like, <laughs> and I guarantee you, in the back of everyone's minds, they're like, "Why are they giving this white kid the yeah. Martin Luther King Jr. award? Guy getting the money? What? Hey, I can't help it if I write good. I write real good. Got real good with the Z. Uh, right, so uh, let's go back to DC Rebirth before we on. get kicked I off. Do the want, show. I do want to tell this. Story in response to that. Uh, when I was at school, I rebuttal you. I rebuttal. Uh, when I was at school, I went to University of Alabama for a year, my freshman year of college. My roommate was a tall black guy by the name of Tanikos. Tanikos. Um, me being from Texas and only reading phonetically, I called him Tony Coast for the first <laughs> two months that I knew him. He actually never corrected me to his credit. Uh, his girlfriend got mad at me one time and told me that that's not how you say his name. And I felt really bad, but he was like, no, man, I knew you didn't mean nothing by it. It's cool. So he was, he was really nice. His family, when they moved him in, they were just about, they're about two hours out of town and so he had already promised he was going to come and have Sunday lunches with them all all year anyway so I got a permanent invite to Sunday to Sunday brunch and I took them up on that so many times. How good is the best, Sunday brunch? The okay. best. So in high school, I had one of my closest friends was a, a kid by the name of Kelly Bishop, African-American guy. We were extremely close. So I stayed the night at his house one time, probably like sophomore year-ish, and uh, 
the next morning was like a Saturday, but their church was doing one of those like breakfast, oh, God. like five dollar plates yes. and for breakfast. It yes. was the first time I'd ever eaten grits, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, what is this, Kel? He's like, grits, man, it is good. I was like, okay, yeah, and they had like honey in it. Yeah, it was the best yes. food I've you ever had. You got to get grits, but if you get life. grits, it's got to be dressed. You got to get dressed grits. You got to get them with Sadie Savage here loves well, grits. Not, really? What kind of grits you, you like? Say. Cheese grits. Cheesy grits, baby. Put some cheese on it. Oh my goodness. Alright, go ahead. Continue. So yeah, one I just it was always so good because there was the, the chicken and the, the vegetables. The it was the first time I ever had just greens. Oh, cause some collard greens. Right. Oh, a little bit of bacon in them. But yeah, it was oh. awesome. But they just call. If I them die, greens. I should come back as a black guy. They only call them greens, and so we yeah, were like, call me "No, yeah, what are those yeah, greens?" And then they're like, "They're the greens. They're greens." Like, well, they mustard greens. Collard? No, 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 no. Man, they greens. They're greens. Greens. Try the greens. Try the greens. That's it. That's all they call them. But Got it was some greens and some yams. I started to like look forward to Sundays. <laughs> like, there you know what? Times... I can't drink so much tonight because tomorrow I'm getting breakfast. Mm, you know what I'm talking breakfast about? Breakfast. <laughs> Did we get disappointing when Tanikos would say he wasn't going home that weekend? Well, man, what? Yeah. <laughs> well, he, he got himself well, a can, girlfriend. Can I still go? Like, right. What is, what is the rule? you call your mom and see if I can show what, up? What's the etiquette? He was like, nah, man, because so we got, like, we're, hey, we, we're doing stuff. And I was like, all right, okay, fine. But, but next weekend, right? Next, <laughs> next weekend, we die, we're good, we're good. And it, uh, you know what? I kind of, now that I'm thinking about it, I think I hated his girlfriend because she was the one who ruined She kept you from you. Right. She kept me from the Sunday brunches. She kept brunches. you from the greens. Right. Because well, anytime she, she, sometimes. Man, well, she, she would go out of town too. So on the weekends, she would leave. So we would go eat brunch. Well, on the times when she would stay, they would, they would stay at her dorm Saturday night so that we, we didn't go to brunch Sunday. We, yeah. should, we should go see him. Yeah. Go ahead, we should brunch. go hang out with Tinico's. <laughs> like, I wonder what he's doing now. <laughs> you, you remember Shout watching. Tinico's if you, if you, if everyone has, has remembered watching 21 Jump Street. Yeah. Okay. So in the very beginning of 21 Jump Street where um, Jonah Hill's character comes out just straight looking like Eminem. <laughs> that, that was hilarious. That was not me so in high school. Shady. No, no, not, not so slim, slim shady. shady. That was me in high school. Like, I grew my hair out. And this I had, is true. And I had cornrows. Oh, and I hung out with the black kids. <laughs> this is true. And I took like the hottest black chick to like homecoming and prom every year. Like I was white chocolate in high You really like, were. You really were. I played basketball. We played football. I was always with the, you know, when you play, you remember playing football. Like, yeah. You see football games on the sidelines. Like the black kids had their own section. They had their own game. They had their, the they, well, they had their, their own, own like section of the sideline. Right. You know? That's where I was. My right. mom would sit up in the stands with like all of my friends who were black. So like we were just we were just like stuck adopted. Out. Yeah, we were just, just adopted. Out. You know what I mean? Like that's actually what I did at gym because I wear like Dada shoes and like Fubu. <laughs> see, I wasn't like, all Carl Kanai. Like, I wasn't all decked out, but in oh, gym class. Man. At gym class, I had the the gold chain. This might sound like a racist yes. thing that I'm going to say, but it's really not. In gym class, the black kids play by street uh, street court rules. Yeah, they do. So street court rules That's are the way always it's supposed to be played. Whoever calls next has next. Exactly. So so when all the so my freshman class was almost all white kids, and the older black kids they were like they were on the different sports teams, but they had a gym class together just to keep them just coaches to keep an eye on them that kind of thing. And so they would play street court rules though. So if you would just go over there and call next, you could play. But the white kids would call like eight games deep, so then you could never get next. I played basketball my entire freshman year with the, with all these black kids who were six four and taller and I'm terrible and it was awful but you could have next every time you call next you get on the court and nobody ever challenges next like everyone's like hey call next man he's yeah, next no, it's cool What's, this the coach who's your four who are you running oh, let's do it <laughs> and that's it you get to play I loved it because you get to play <laughs> how did we jump <laughs> DC Superman to Paul. talking about how African American I was in high school. Like, it, oh, man, I miss those days. That was so cool. You, was at least thinking, I thought it was. You, you were the coolest kid in Conroe. How's that I, feel? How's you know what? I was the coolest kid at Oak Ridge High School. Oh, God. Okay? 
<laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> so also in comic books, do we do we have time for this? Should we go for a break? What do you think? Do you want to do it now? Where are we at? No, man. Well, no, because you got some more stuff in Rebirth. Yeah. Let's finish the Rebirth thing. Uh, we'll pause for uh, studio identification, and then we'll pop back into the next bit of comics. All right. So tell me the spoiler you told me about with who's coming to the DC Universe. Yes. So Rebirth right here. I wasn't excited about anything going on. Right. Like, DLG like, hit me like, with this. There's like seven flashes, like 20 Superman. Yeah, there's there's all kinds of stuff going on. They're kind of over. They're kind of over. I, you're right. I, I think overgrowing the brain is kind there's of a fair one, thing. But there's okay, one. There's one. Bishop and there's one Magneto. Right, I think it's where Marvel gets it right. Is their characters are singular? They don't do the lineage thing. They, they have a little bit of double, you know, like you got Wolverine, but you've got X twenty three, which right. is similar but not congruent. Right, right, male, female. But they, but they like even when they do Captain America, Falcon, like it's different. It's a different. It's, it's a different, different character, yeah. right? Exactly. And they and they don't try and they say it's the next Cap, but they don't say. So how can we make the Flash better? Right. Let's multiply him. Let's get five different people who have the same powers as him. Do nothing different. So, so do you think then that that makes like you don't think that it just lets them tell different stories? Of the Flash? Because well, like each can, one of them is well, a different well, no, aspect. If, if you do this aspect, DC was always big about the multiverse, and that's kind of what they crashed. Right. And Marvel had, what, like maybe two, and they would do like the what-ifs. And... Well, Marvel wasn't afraid to just throw, like if a, if, a, if a writer wanted to just create a new reality, they're like, go for it. Do whatever yeah. you want to do. We don't care. We're not numbering these. These aren't like, they're These not, are, they're only as real as you're going to They're gonna not continuity. Them. Right, exactly. Yeah, this is, it was, it's a side event. Right, you this, do whatever this you This could do. have happened. Like right. X-Men Forever. The X-Men Forever comic line was awesome, but it wasn't in the continuity of normal Marvel. And they didn't they didn't hurt anything for them. They no, were they fine didn't. with it. They're doing the same thing now. They have the new X-Men 92 series, which right. is kind of a play off the cartoon show, which we're going to get into later. Yes, we are. But it has nothing to do with the storylines that are going on now. Right. So, okay, so hit me with this so, bit of information. So the comic book begins with the death of Pandora, who was kind of like the mascot of 52. Like, it turned out she was the tying element for a lot of the different characters, a lot of different things. And part of this book is a whodunit. Who killed Pandora? So, spoiler alert, it winds up being, from the universe of the Watchmen, Dr. Manhattan. Oh my god, I'm so excited. See, this is where they kind this of... This is where I got this excited. This is cool. This is really cool. Because here's one thing that uh, Marvel did recently. They took some of, um, like, Angela, right? right? They brought her into the Marvel Universe. Which, which I think is cool so thing. awesome. But they haven't done much with her since. Well, they, they integrated her into a team book, which and I think was a good of, idea and a bad idea. And then they did her with her own little, like, mini side story, but they're saving her for the reserves. Right, right. But now with this new uh, development with Dr. Manhattan and all these um, Watchmen, and we don't really know what's going on here. Right. Like, I don't, could I, they bring Rorschach, Rorschach back? I, could I they bring the so. comedian back? I think you're hoping for something that's not going to happen. I really happen. do, because that would be... I think you're hoping for uh, something... May. See? I think you're hoping for something that just isn't going to happen there, but I do think the idea of Ozymandias and Night Owl and the Silk Spectre coming back and like fighting to protect Dr. Manhattan, I think that's an interesting idea. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about it necessarily. Because at some level, it definitely is just the ultimate, uh, you know, screwing over of a... I'm trying to think now of the name of the writer. Oh my gosh, I feel so bad. Is it Warren Ellis or Neil Gaiman, who wrote Watchmen? Warren Ellis, right? Right, okay, yeah. So it's Warren Ellis, and famously... The Here we di- go again with the famous thing. Right. mark it down. Fam- this is a big famously, though. So the deal was, Warren Ellis made a very... F- a very creator-friendly deal with DC Comic Books when he created Watchmen. Initially, he pitched the idea to them, and he used... They had just acquired the, the Charlton Comics characters, who included people like the Atom and the Blue Beetle and the Question. And I love the Question. He's actually so, one of my favorites. Okay. So, okay, so we were wrong on both fronts with um, Watchmen. It was Alan Moore, Alan and Moore, Dave yeah. Gibbons. Yeah, Dave Completely Gibbons is the artist. Wrong. Alan wow, Moore. We just lost nerd points. We really did. We really, really did. I've heard his name before. 
Neil Gaiman is uh, he was the creator of Sandman. Who Neil Diamond? You know, Neil Gaiman. G A Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond's cool too. Okay, Diamond. I hate you. Did you ask Diamond yet? I love you. So so anyway, yeah. Sincere apologies. It was Alan Moore. So Alan Moore pitches this story. At least we got it right. Right. It's dark and it's cynical, and it's it's a great story. And DC said, "Hey, this is great." Thanks for pitching us something with the Charlton Comics characters like we asked you to. Unfortunately, there's no way we can do this because <laughs> at the end of it, you kill the question. Also, you make you make the Adam into kind of a complicit murderer. Also, you kind of ruin these characters. We can't put these guys back into DC Comics after you do this to them. And so he was like, oh, okay. And then he, he said, well, what if I just change them a little bit? And then you, you guys want to publish that? And they were like, yes, we would love to tell that story. So he changes them a little bit, and you can see who they're supposed to be. Night Owl is the Blue Beetle. You know, the question is Rorschach. Uh, Super obvious. Right, yeah, right. Once face. you know who these, who he meant, who he intended these people to be, uh, Silk Spectre is Phantom Lady. Once you learn who these characters are supposed to be, they're, it's so easy to see them. And it's amazing. And it's amazing. The story's, great read. The story's amazing, and it's, it's great heartbreaking. Movie, great read. The movie was amazing, and it tells a story. I the what movie? is wrong with you? Why? I haven't yeah. watched any movies, Hey, guys. did you read any of the uh, newer Watchmen comics? That's the thing. That's what I wanted to kind of get to. Is I, I, they've released them in a trade. I don't want to pick them up. because They're all prequels. Yeah, they're prequels. I never got to read them because I was going to just wait for the trade right. aspect. And then, you know, I have another kid, so that, that changed everything. Right, that's true. Yeah, so they did these prequels here. Uh, and, and did a bunch of little series leading up to the the series that is The Watchmen. But the deal was, they said, Alan, we love what you did. And he said, great. Uh, he said, but since these are creator-owned, I'd like to get the rights back on this. And they said, i tell you what, give us the first run of it, and whenever this goes out of print, whenever we stop printing it, we'll give the rights to you. He said, okay, that sounds fair. So, in other words, whenever they're tired of, whenever they stop making money off the trade, they'll give him the rights, and he's free to tell his own stories with these characters. So he was excited. Watchmen has never gone out of print. Not once in 40 years. It's amazing. Since 1980. Since 1980, when he released it, never went out of print. And it's it's one of those trades where you can read it over and over again. There's not many trades that I read more than maybe twice. Right. But this I've probably one, read this one about four times. And you life. keep getting things out of it. Yeah, like, you it do. keeps it's coming back to you and telling you more. Like it's just, it's a really good, it's a deep read. It's it's awesome. So I don't know how you can really integrate these guys though into the regular universe and turn around and tell like you can't treat these guys like Batman and Superman. No. You really can't. But they're going to. But it's a rebirth. So they're gonna bring them in, assuming everyone knows who they are. Which they do. And just run it from there and then bring Rorschach back. They're not gonna bring Rorschach back. You just want Rorschach back. I really do like Rorschach as a character. I think he'd be fun to have back. But he should, I, he should meet the question and just kind of be like a weird. They should just have this weird moment. <laughs> yeah. They, they both, should do like a team up. They both just move on from there. Yeah, they, they should do like, like a team up comic. Well, no, because if you put them next to each other, you immediately become aware that these two are each other. Are we brothers? Yeah. And it doesn't. Do we just become best friends? Heck yeah! <laughs> High fives around. Except it's the rule version. Can we move the bunk together? We have more room for crafts and activities? You're 30 years old. It'll be do like whatever Step you Brothers in DC Comics. Except that they hurt villains very badly. Even better. That conversation in the restaurant where they're like, oh yeah, whatever happened to that guy? And he goes, Rorschach dropping down an elevator shaft. <laughs> oh. Okay. Oh. Sounds good. Uh, Alright, so I, I just, my, my overall, I'm hesitant. I think it's a great twist. I don't know how you actually physically, mechanically play this out in a DC One comics. thing we didn't mention, and we'll mention just very briefly, and then we're going to jump out to a break, is Batman now knows the Joker's real name. And this is true. There have been three Jokers. And Batman knows their all three real names. Yes. And I'm assuming at some point, probably in a year and a half, we'll find that out too. Uh, the names, they know the names. They've, uh, they've released them. They've, they have they've, released they've them? They've released them. They know who they are. Uh, I read them. None of them stuck out as any sort of relevant character to me, so I wasn't like, okay, well that's interesting. They're, they're just three different... It's essentially... To kind of line up the three different iterations that have been the Joker. I got you. The classic Joker, 
the '90s Joker and then the current so it's psychotic like Joker. Jack Nicholson, Heath Ledger, and Jared Leto. Exactly. That's yes, their names in the comics as well. Probably. Essentially, like they're they're just acknowledging just puns on their names. <laughs> that would be kind of kind that would be cool. But they're just, they're just acknowledging they're just acknowledging the different Hedger? styles of Joker. They're just acknowledging the uh, Leather Hedger. Leather Hedger. Uh, that sounds like a serial killer. On I know, own. right? That should be a villain. Nailed it. Write it down. Copyright. Oh, um, um, Matt this. kept saying that. Um, <laughs> this so we can get out. He did. Um, this so we can get out. There was something I saw. But I don't know if it's in continuity, so I don't want to talk about blind. it. I don't want to talk about it because I don't know if it's in continuity, and it'll, it'll be totally well, wrong. You're blind, so you can't see. This is fair. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna jump out here. When we yeah. get back, we're gonna flip to a new story in the Marvel comics that I absolutely hate. Yes, I yes, I'm excited about this conversation. Me too. All right, <laughs> we're ready. We're ready, and we'll be right back. All right, guys, let me tell you about one of my good friends and a longtime fan and supporter of the show, Record Mike. He's a good friend, and he, he takes care of me every time I've had myself in a bit of trouble, and he can help you guys out, too. Whether you simply locked your keys in your car, or God forbid you get in a car accident or something, and you, or you want to try and just save some money on a deductible, or you've had too much to drink, and you just don't want to mess with the DUI or even run the chance of getting one, Record Mike can help you out. You want to give him a call at 281-830-5819? That's 281-830-5819. Record Mike, he's my friend, and trust me, when you need him, you want him to be your friend, too. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio on Money Green Music, where there's still time to buy ads for the month of May. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio! Hey, Sadie Savage yeah. just brought us in there, so you stuck it in. Welcome to Nerd Thug Radio, where we like to talk nerdy to you. You're I'm on Money Green Music. The home of the throwbacks and the unsigned artist. I'm, uh, I almost forgot that last He almost one. did. I'm the Captain Joey Savage. I have with me to my right the Dragon Slayer himself, Nico. My main man, Corey DLG. And I've got a uh, little Sadie Savage just hanging out with us, even though uh, her and Nico are supposed to be at school in about six hours. That's right. Yeah. But it's flooding here in uh, Conroe, the Woodlands. And we here at Radio everywhere. Noah's Ark take all in. Take all in. Two of a kind. So the last segment, we talked to Noah's Ark. They take two of them. No, I, I'm Come with on. you. Why are you. Why are you shaking your head at me? I, where are we nothing. finding our, where are you Have you read your Bible? <laughs> I have. We've got two starch cans up here. Listen, I, I just feel like we would have to get another brown one and another white one. Okay, so that's racist. <laughs> so we discussed a little bit of Rebirth. We did. The last segment. We did. So now we're going to briefly discuss a new Marvel comic. So Marvel and DC always kind of trade publicity blows. If one of them's getting too much publicity for something, the other one kind of counters with a big story of their own. Do you think that's kind of fair? I think it's very fair. So, so to leading, counter the news of Rebirth. So leading up, if you've listened to the podcast even once, you would know that myself and even DLG are big fans of Captain America. Captain Steve Rogers. Captain America. America. A real American hero. We are huge fans. So in the past year or so, Steve Rogers has lost his super soldier serum. It's, I think it's even longer. It's, it might even be longer than that. It's depleted some, so he's become an old man. Like old man Steve Rogers. Right. And it hasn't been going very well. Not, you know, he, he actually runs a pretty cool squad, the Uncanny Avengers, which is very quirky, which has been fun. But before that, it was just weird. Like there was a, a, sh- uh, a storyline where Onslaught, where like yeah, some yeah. of the good guys turn bad, the bad guys turn good, and like Steve Rogers puts on his suit one more time to try to stop the Red Skull, but he's like an 80 year old man. So it's like <laughs> Stan Lee now, like with a shield, like he can't even hold it up. It was, just, it was pitiful. Yeah. And I've been really sad. And then they announced a, f- a few months ago that they were going to revert Steve Rogers back to his old self. He would have a new shield. Uh, Sam Wilson would keep the shield as the Falcon Captain America. But he would be... Captain Rogers was back. 
He was going to be the young Steve Rogers, have a cool new looking suit, cool new shield. It was kind of resembles his, um, his old shield. His old, old shield. Yeah, the triangle. And he was going to have his own storyline, and I was getting excited. <laughs> Very excited. I saw the posters. Look pretty nice. And then they dropped this bomb on us, right. Yeah. Hit me with it. So, Nick Spencer has been writing Captain America now for about two years, he said. And since early 2015, the, the plot has been in the works that they just revealed here at the end of issue one of the new Steve Rogers comic book. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. That's right, Sadie. Captain America is and always has been a Hydra agent. I hate it completely. Sadie, what about you? I don't like it. She doesn't like it very much either. Dragon Slayer. I really want to see what they're going to do with this. I'm so confused. And you know what? I read an article today where they said, we want people to talk about our stories. And we know everyone hates it. But they're responding to it, and that's what we wanted. So it's well, no of, crap we're going to respond to it, Marvel. You just took our hero and turned him into the devil. Right. You, yeah, this is kind of... Uh, one one thing that was interesting about it is uh, Captain America's creators were Jewish. And Hydra they was, were. They were. Hydra was allied with the Nazis. So there's They were of, a Nazi division as they started. Right. They were a Nazi science division, and then they, they spun off since then. And, and, and the reality is, this would be kind of an insult if Stanley Lee pitched... It is an insult. I tweeted this out several times. Marvel has ruined comics with this storyline. Wow. The entirety I am of so comic mad. books, you're, just, you're done with comic That's books. It? Comic books are over? I mean, if DC was better than it was, I would stop reading Marvel. Like that's wow. that's how mad I am that they've taken my hero and made him, oh, he's been a Hydra agent the whole time. I don't even know how that works, even if you go back to 2013. Have you read any of the comic book, like the Steve Captain America comics when it came out of Marvel Now? No, no. I really so when haven't. it came out of Marvel Now, the first storyline was like this trippy comic story where Steve Rogers like goes into this dimension where he's trying to save some kid and he's oh, fighting yes. Artem Zola. Okay. And it's very scientific, futuristic, and he ages and all this stuff. He's like, like a, a couple years there. Yeah, right? like, okay, so how is he a Hydra agent if he's fighting Hydra to save a kid. Come on. Well, you guys make no sense. You're retarded. Well, and there's been... Let me write comics instead. <laughs> For real. I'm ranting right now. There's There's been some massive moments in, uh, in comic books where, you know, Steve Rogers fights Hydra to save the world. He's saved the world numerous times against... Hydra and, and you want the- to convince me that he's been working for him the whole time? Right. I don't think so, Marvel. I don't buy it. That that uh, it it would take some rather creative storytelling. Unless you're going to say that there's uh, here's how you do it. There's two branches of Hydra, and he was he's on the other the other Hydra. The that third sounds Hydra. even worse. No, don't or, buy it. It's not actually. Don't get me wrong. It's not actually Captain America. They just have a clone of him. And well, they've already him. ruled out that it's not a life model decoy. It's not a clone. It's not somebody else. It, no, it's they're, fact they're saying Steve it's Steve Rogers. Rogers. That's actually in, kind of disappointing. In the first uh, issue, he even uh, kills Jack Flag in order to solidify himself that he's Hydra. I am thoroughly disappointed. And don't get me wrong, I like Hydra. Okay, like besides liking Captain America, the villainous Hydra, I, I enjoy their their side stories and the different leaders of Hydra. Right, they, but they, Captain America is not Hydra. You can't tell me he's been fighting the Red Skull this whole time, and he's been fighting Arnim Zola. He's been going up against Baron Strucker, right? Baron Zemo, Baron Zemo. but he's he's been on their side the whole the deep covert. You're throwing me crap, right? You take this, a pig, you put a suit on him. At the end of the day, it's still a crap pig. What's wrong with pigs? Nothing, but they're still dirty. You don't like and this story is dirty. The story is dirty. It's horrible. I I'm not a fan of the story. Sadie, Sadie keeps ahead. raising her hand on there. Is there something that you want to you want to contribute to this Steve Rogers debate? What doesn't make sense is why would he be fighting if he was one of one of the them, and why would he even be along with them, his team, 
and not be along with Hydra. See, even a seven-year-old gets it that it's just well, crap. And there's definitely some interesting, I mean... I think I think what really trips me is that he's always has been. It'd be different if it's like, he's just recently right, like so, Hydra. Okay, so yeah, so I, I want to play on that. So, what they one of the articles I read is they, they pulled out a something that uh, I think uh, Red Skull said about foreign invaders building a wall, keep them out, all that good stuff, which is equivalent to kind of what Donald Trump is saying running for president. Right. And so they're trying to pull that in that, okay, this sounds a lot like America. And maybe, you know, Steve Rogers is on this side. So if they did, like you said, where it's a recent development, okay. Like maybe he got brainwashed a bit to get his powers back and that's how he would be Hell Hydra. But to say he always has been makes no lick of sense at all. Yeah. No, because you got to remember he assembled the invaders to help stem the tide of World War II. Exactly. Push the Nazis back. He's like, looked for Bucky this entire time and tried to help the Winter Soldier, even though I mean, he wasn't Hydra per se. But He was no. brain-controlled and mind-controlled to yes. be with Hydra. Right, yeah. No, I definitely think that there's a lot of holes to this. Also, Hydra kills him. Uh, you know, uh, at the end of the Civil War, it's it's Hydra and the Red Skull and Crossbones. Who brainwashes Agent 13. Agent 13 or to pull the Sharon trigger. Carter to pull the trigger. So, but, but he's been a part of them the whole time. The only thing Marvel, I Marvel, this is crap. Stanley, what is wrong with you? Well, Stanley gets a little old and decides, I don't know if I want to, you know, put my hands not, in comics he's anymore. He's not in charge. You know, and, and they just <laughs> don't you know ruin Stanley, it. Stanley is the ultimate creator of all comic books, don't you know? They he ruined is. it. He's the god. ruined all of it. I, I do think I do think this is a an interesting dynamic to go on. I think it's crazy to think it's like it's like if you found out the most American thing you know was actually created by Adolf Hitler. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it would be the equivalent. Oh my God, did he make bikinis? It would be the equivalent of the American sniper coming to find out that he was part of Al Qaeda the entire time. It would be uh, interesting thing I read about him the other day. Um, there are historical in- inaccuracies to his resume that he like. Okay, so now, now you're on top of uh, this Hell Hydra captain. No, there. actually, you're with, discrediting American sniper. When in the Navy SEALs actually declined to discredit him because they liked the publicity he was. No, getting. definitely. The, the, the response was so strong to him that they actually said, "You know what? We'll let him have the extra stuff," and they never they never commented on it. But now that he's been passed for a little while, they actually recently came out and said, hey, just so people know. I think it's kind of interesting. It's just crap. I mean, there's so many good ideas you could do with comics to make people want to read more than to try to throw crap at us. Even, I think... So do you think that's what this is? Do you think this is just strictly gimmick? Or do you think that there's a... I finish this because remember, there's, there's, there was pretty we're, strong we're negative. Strong, can I? You want me to go ahead and just like finish up my rant on Marvel Comics here? Well, no, you hang on. Go I've got, I've got a rant to finish on. There's a pretty strong negative reaction when the Winter Soldier story broke. Uh, just like the Red Hood story. Remember, they're very similar. The Red yeah, Hood and the Winter Soldier story. But the the Winter Soldier story when it broke, a lot of people were like, "Whoa, you can't bring Bucky back." That's the one thing in Marvel Comics that is permanent is that Bucky is dead. Mm, nothing is permanent. Nothing is permanent. So if you accept that in this reality nothing is permanent and things can happen, you have to accept the possibility that all things are possible. I think with the Bucky scenario, now you're trying to say that Bucky's popularity is as popular as Captain. No, 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 no. That's not. But the reaction was pretty vehement that there was absolutely no need to bring well, Bucky back. Let's put this for instance. You've had instances where Professor X and Magneto have kind of switched places. Correct. Um, but they're not Captain America. You know what I mean? I think... You can't tell me for the last... You're saying so he's just so ideologically strong. Exactly. I mean, you've had Captain America since the 40s. So you're going on 60, 70... 70, pushing almost 80 years now of Captain America? What if what if the story stems out of that he so badly wanted to fight in the war that he made a deal with Hydra in the very beginning? Still don't like it. Still crap. 
It doesn't make any Because now you're trying to discredit everything he's done against Hydra and be like, yo, he's been undercover for them, trying to help them the entire time, and now his master plan 80 years later is paying off. No, I don't No, I don't know that that's necessarily what... I think what they could do is they could do a lot of scenes where you do a lot of flashbacks where right before he... Like, he's the first guy through the room, and the leader of the Hydra team is there, and they go, oh, super soldier. And they say some key words, like, the with the Winter Soldier, and they're like, let me escape. And then they leave, and then he snaps out of it. And keeps fighting. I hate it. I, you know, it's it's not it's not my favorite idea. I don't I'm just going to put it this way. If I was the editor of Marvel Comics, I probably wouldn't have made it out of the room. I'm going to finish on a little rant here about go, Marvel Comics. Go to town. Marvel Comics has always been the staple of comics for me in my entire nerd life. I see Marvel Comics, for me at least, my humble but accurate opinion, <laughs> as it just kind of going to the crap. Ooh. They're trying to get rid of X-Men. They're okay. pushing them. They're flushing them out. They're no longer doing Fantastic Four comics. Okay. They've just turned my Steve Rogers into a Hydra agent. All right. They're trying to push not even, this. Not even like, he's not even like, I was the I was the Red Skull the entire time. Like, they're, he's, yeah. And they're, he's, just, he's just an agent. He's just a part of Hydra. They're pushing the Inhumans on which, hey, I'm all for pushing new stuff. The Inhumans is cool. But if you're going to push the Inhumans out to replace the mutants, Something that's been established and loved think, by I think fans. Mutants are just too important to the Marvel. Mutants are this. too important, but they're teasing like the death of the mutants, and they're get, they're not as many X Men titles anymore as there are Avengers or anything else, or even in humans comics. There's no Fantastic Four anywhere to be found. They're off running around. They split them up. I mean, at least whenever the the Core Four weren't together, they had you know a different Fantastic Four the Future squad. Foundation. So there was still a Fantastic. Four. There's not even that anymore. And now you've taken my Steve Rogers away from me. So and DC, who knows what the heck you're doing? I'm not to just go to like Vertigo and Image. <laughs> I, All I, that good stuff. I'm going to write my own stuff. I, I do think it's time for us to start writing our own stuff again. I think that's something the Nerd Thug Radio will definitely be doing here in the next few months to start working on some, some self-imprint stuff. Sadie, um, go ahead. You want to yeah, say something? Yeah, go ahead and finish yeah. this up here. I think what might have happened is he wanted to be the leader of Hydra, and so he fought against them. Maybe so. So it's a hostile takeover? It's a hostile takeover. Like, maybe, okay, so I just got a bright idea. The only way they might be able to save me, because of my seven-year-old Sadie Savage. Switch inside mid he wants his daughter said it. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so this might... Okay, so let me go off my rant. This might work. What if he wants to take Hydra over and mold it into his own gimmick? Well, Sunspot of the Avengers bought AIM once he figured out that they were essentially for sale. Right. And so now, what he, if, now he uses AIM to help his Avengers was, what team. If that was, what if Hydra started off to him maybe something good and he always wanted to make it his own thing? Well, which he never... He hasn't really been able to do with S.H.I.E.L.D. or with the Avengers or with America. So maybe Hydra his avenue. Maybe that's the story that they take. Well, I, think, I might hate it a little less. I think honestly... But I still hate it. I think what it's going to wind up being is that there's a... Remember, for every one head you sever, there's two that grow back. Oh and the God. Marvel comics have consistently created numerous iterations of Hydra. There's the Hydra and the Hand that are tied together. There have been like seven different leaders of Hydra. Remember yeah, when they constantly. all got together? It was like the Kraken and Baron Strucker in the same room. And it's awkward, but they're both leaders of Hydra. It's kind of like uh, Cobra from G.I. Joe. Yeah, they each have oh their, own little, their own little group. The Cobra Wars was amazing. Yes. Oh my God. We're going to get to that. G.I. Joe. We're going to get back to that. But... I think that the, the possibility here is that Steve Rogers is secretly the champion of one of these secret heads of Hydra. And yeah, this whole time he's been fighting Hydra tooth and nail and as hard as humanly possible, it's because he's serving his master. And I think you're going to discover another master of Hydra. And I think that potentially could be a fun story. A I, slightly less red skull. Right, yeah, the pink skull. I, I, I'm not as... I'm not as bad as you are about it. I am. I definitely uh, think. I definitely feel like this starts out as an attention-getting story. It I does. Guess the new leader of Hydra, Rorschach. <laughs> Rorschach is the new leader. That would be. That would be something. But I do think that there's. 
Here's the thing about Marvel. I've got so much Captain America swag. Like you really do. Hats, shirts. You really. You're so. I, you're so I mean, should stuck. I should I hydra my Captain America sleeve tattoo? No, I, I would not do that. Um, I, I do think that there's room for a story here, though. And I think that that's the thing is Marvel's always willing to take chances. There's always a room for a story, whether it's a crap story or it's a great story. But I think there's still room for a great story here. I I think what your problem is. Is right now the things they're tampering with and, and taking chances it's with America. are your things that you find beloved. Yep. They've, they've always shook the tree, though. Marvel's never been afraid to be like, hey, we're going to completely throw this out there. Hey, we're going to ruin your entire life. Well, or, if you if you were an Avengers fan... ruined. Yeah. Or, or um, he could have been trying to take over Hydra and turn it into some kind of good team or something. Using it for the betterment of the world? I like anti, how... He's, he's anti-Captain... Like, he's anti-Nick Fury... So he comes into Hydra, and he's trying to take over Hydra to rival Nick Fury's power with S.H.I.E.L.D. I like how we got three fat nerdy guys talking comics, (laughs) and little Sadie Savage over here is just like, I want to say something. I need to say something. The world depends upon it. And then it's in. But Marvel's never been afraid to shake the tree and take some chances and tell some different stories. And I think right now they're just... They're taking chances with the things you care about, and that's why you're taking it hard. But you got to remember, mm-hmm. they've never been afraid. I mean, they they've killed the X Men off before. They literally, the whole world thought the X Men were dead for like a two year run on the X Men. You know, they've 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 definitely gone places with these things before and taken chances. Doctor Doom was sent to the future and helped launch the 2099 line with Spider Man and Punisher. No, they've and always done some that. different stuff. You know, you've got Cyclops who. You know, has always been the staple leader of the X Men. Right. Who, and then he kills they, they, Professor they X. They villainized him, and I still liked him, even even though they had him as, as a villain. And then they broke him and Magneto's powers. Yeah, and now he's dead. Wait, which one? Scott Summers. Oh, that's true. He is dead. Have they revealed yet how he died? What the story is there? Not yet. I guess what the big thing is is Captain America has always stood for America and the good things about America. He has. It's always been the goodness of everything. G.I. Joe's the good old secret agent for uh, yeah, Cobra. Yeah, the good old boy, and you've got Hydra who's always been anti-America, and now to say he's been with them the entire time, Hail it's Hydra. just damn heartbreaking. And that's the first curse word I've dropped on this podcast. It's all because of you, Marvel. Well, it you've is. Ruined, you've, you've destroyed You've ruined us. Joey Savage's dreams. It is it is a hard story to take without knowing where it's going, and I wouldn't in any way say, "Hey, let's trust Marvel to tell the right story." No, I hate it, but I definitely think it's a bold choice. It's certainly a bold choice. You can't fault them for at least saying because you're right. I think Captain America is old, old man. It's not working. It's they not thought, working. They thought it would take a different direction. They thought it would be something interesting to tell these stories of yeah, a man who can't. I think but a man they, who can't. Isn't I think they thought he story. could be that yeah. mentor um, role, kind of like Nick Fury has been at some point. But Nick Fury has never really been kind of like how when Batman gets older and he mentors a new, the new Batman. And, and, well, and while in Batman Beyond, made him, they made him works. too old. Yeah, they made him too old, and he just it didn't work. Well, yeah. Also, to me, the best Captain America is the the one you look up to but can't hope to emulate, and that's always how he plays best. When everyone else in the room is like, "Holy crap, Captain America is yet again going to lead us into the mouth of doom," but we're going to win because Captain America is leading us, and I can never be as good as this guy, and I hope I don't let him down. Right, and that. This story plays with that idea. Of Let Captain me ask you this question. Did or did not Steve Rogers at one point pick up Thor's hammer? He yes. did. How is he worthy if he's been working for Hydra this whole time? And with that, we have to go to a break. <laughs> Alright guys, let me tell you about one of my good friends and a longtime fan and supporter of the show, Wrecker Mike. He's a good friend and he, he takes care of me every time I've had myself in a bit of trouble and he can help you guys out too. 
Whether you simply locked your keys in your car, or God forbid you get in a car accident or something, and you, or you want to try and just save some money on a deductible, or you've had too much to drink, and you just don't want to mess with the DUI or even run the chance of getting one, Wrecker Mike can help you out. You want to give him a call at 281-830-5819. That's 281-830-5819. Wrecker Mike, he's my friend, and trust me, when you need him, you want him to be your friend too. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio on Money Green Music, where there's still time to buy ads for the month of May. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio. I'm Radio talking nerdy. Talking nerdy. Drop the mic. Oh, we're already dropping the loop. Drop the mic. Okay. You have a whole hour left. I just, want, I just wanted to ruin his intro. <laughs> <laughs> the one time. The one time. Like, one. And now drop the mic. <laughs> And that's why they call me the Captain Joey Savage. Look sitting here with Corey DLG. Corey, give him a fun name this time. The real fireman, <laughs> Nico <laughs> De La Gloria. I'm going to cut that whole The thing. hammer. Don't Thank cut you. it out. Why would you cut it out? I don't need my last name in there. I don't want oh, my last name. We've, we've already made it clear you're my little brother. There's literally no way around that. <laughs> true. Well, true. if you have different ads, but you don't, but you couldn't have different last uh, names. If you ever spend ten, two seconds looking at us. <laughs> Pretty obvious. Really. I really want to dye your beard and your hair blue. I don't. So you're gonna be the beast. We're not gonna do that. Hank McCoy. Just Hank, he's just, a smart just guy. Wear, just wear he's, blue already, he's already got the glasses. Sure. You've already got the glasses. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, they have, just, <laughs> we're doing physical comedy. <laughs> 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 so hey, so but you know, one day maybe we'll YouTube the show or stream it, and you'll get to see these fun things. This is true. This we should wear masks while we record on the get, first try. We do that. <laughs> <laughs> just to make fun of uh, your buddy that wanted to be on the show and wanted to wear masks because we're on radio but not first, on TV. First thing he said was we should wear masks. <laughs> okay. You know what's funny? So last weekend when we tried to, to twitch the show, right? Uh, my cousin Benjamin was with us and he's kind of a uh, camera nerd-ish. Ish. He's, he's, and so, he's AV club yeah, all the way. And so he was like, dude, when we do this... We should totally wear masks. <laughs> I started laughing. He's like, you know, like you guys are making fun of the one guy who was wearing masks. Like, we should do that on the Twitch show. I was like, yeah, but they're not going to see our faces. So right. You know what we should get is a hand model. A hand I'm just looking at my hands. Like, I need to cut my nails. Like, You've I don't. Got I don't have all like, over them. Yeah, I, don't, I actually have very beautiful hands. Oh my god! Wow. Like wow. wow! Hands hurt people, right? And words hurt people too. Speaking of hurting people, yes. UFC. Ooh, nice! I gave you a statistic after last week's. That was that was last impressive. week. I purposely sabotaged all the segues because it was fun. Right. It was this week. I've been on point. On point. So I gave you a statistic concerning the UFC. You did. You I, were very alarmed. I was. Would you like to read the I statistic? Would. I would. Okay. So the stat you gave me, we were watching a little a little b ball outside of the school, and the stat you gave me, frankly, it worried me. I it made me think about a conversation we had a couple weeks ago where we talked about how injuries are starting to really affect wrestling, wrestling, and uh, MMA, and MMA. Even the NFL, it's getting there. It, as well. it is. It is. So the stat you gave me was with I forgot the guy's name. Who? What's the name of the guy who's Who's now dropping out right now? Uh, so Chris Weidman is supposed to be main eventing UFC 199 against Luke Rockhold for the what? title. No, wait. Is Chris Weidman the Wonder Kid? No, that's um, Wonder Boy. Oh, my God. I love Steven something. Okay. Well, I thought I Chris love... Weidman. No, the... I, I like that guy. Okay. Steven. God, what's his last name? He's a... Uh, Steven Stills. He's a kickboxing expert. Right. He throws Wonder, his kicks. Wonder Boy. Like, oh, my God. He's so good. All right. So Chris Weidman, though. Chris Weidman uh, was supposed to headline one. So famously, I just got in there. Chris Weidman lost his title. Chris Weidman beat Anderson. 
Anderson Silva a few years ago when no one thought Anderson Silva could be beat. He was unbeatable. I do so recall. he beat Anderson Silva and took the lightweight title. All right. And he's kind of been on top of the game. And he co-main event whenever Aldo, Jose Aldo, and Conor McGregor fought for the uh, whatever title they went, went for. Okay. The featherweight title. Featherweight, uh, yeah. Back in December, I believe it was. Yeah, it was a while back. At December point. or yeah. January, one of the two. And Luke Rockhold beat Chris Weidman. So... Rockhold hasn't defended the title since. Um, he was scheduled to defend the title on 199, which is going to be in June, and against Chris Weidman. So Chris Weidman was getting his title shot. And so back. leading up to this, I follow most of these fighters on Instagram. You can find me at uh, joey.savage15 on the Instagram. Nicely Shame, done. Shameless plug. But uh, Chris Weidman's been talking about how he is in the best shape of his life leading up to this fight. So you were excited. Yeah, because they're both great fighters. And you're a guy who gets these tickets. You get these yes, pay-per-views. I get these pay-per-views. Uh, it's either me or I have a buddy of mine named Mike, and we split them a lot of times. Like, we'll go to each other's houses. But I love watching the fights. Love them. And so I was really pumped for this one, especially being UFC 200, which is going to be huge. Massive. This was going to be a big card. No one wanted the 199 card because it wasn't going to be 200. Right. Luke Rockhold was like, I'll do it. Boom. And so they so set out to do it. They're gearing up. And now. Gearing up. And Weidman's uh, he's in his best shape of his life, ready for the title fight. He has just pulled out of the fight due to injury. So the stat you gave me is this marks the 15th main event or co-main event change since the beginning of the year. Beginning of the year, UFC, 15 different fights, main event or co-main event, have changed due to injury. By the way, checking the calendar, it's May 26th. It's May 26th. So, there's five... Literally five months of the year. Three, three changes, of, so, three changes okay. a month. So, they do one big event every month. UFC 190, whatever, that whatever. So, January, February, March, April, and May. They just had their last one uh, last week. Right. They also do these uh, fight nights and on FS1. And some and slightly smaller... Smaller fight. stuff. So, basically, there there's weekends where they had like three three fights going on. They're, they're doing all... They're so big now. They're doing sometimes two and three shows a month. Right. So let's just say we're in the fifth month of the year, which we are. We are. They've done three fights per month. Every single fight basically has had a change. So, okay, so you've had uh, Daniel Cormier backed out of... Daniel Cormier and John Jones were supposed to go 197. It was going to be a huge event. John Jones was coming back. Oh, I Him and Daniel this. Cormier hate yeah. each other. Yes. Daniel Cormier already had the title, and Cormier was going to be fighting him to get his title back. John Jones never lost his his, his uh, title. He, he was stripped of it. Drug suspension. He, he was stripped of it, so he was getting an immediate title fight when he was ready to come back. Cormier has to pull out. Jones fights some other guy, wins, so now he's in. So now they're set up. They're going to fight again at UFC 200. Right. So now they're going to fight each other for the title. You've got um, the heavyweight title, uh, Fabricio Wordum. Wordum. Hope I said that right. He pulled out of a fight against uh, Stipe Moak earlier in the year. They just recently had their, their fight uh, this this month, and Stipe Moak destroyed him in the first, I think it was the first round, knocked him out, so he lost his title, but he pulled out early in the year. Um, you've had Anderson Silva was supposed to fight this year. He, he had to back out. Conor McGregor's it, opponent. Uh, which, before we jump to Conor McGregor, so it was supposed to be Uriah Hall versus um, Anderson Silva, which was going to be a great fight, because both fighters fight very similar. Right. That's not happening. We go back to the Nate Diaz-Conor McGregor thing. It was supposed to be Conor McGregor versus Rafael Dos Anjos for another title, so Conor McGregor was going to be the first fighter to hold two titles. They were going to allow him to keep both titles. There's been a couple guys like BJ Penn who have moved up a weight class, but as soon as he won, he had to vacate the, the lighter weight. Right. But right. they were going to let McGregor keep both titles. And he was going to defend both. And he was going to defend both, alternate them. And Dos, Dos Anjos pulled out with a foot injury. Nate Diaz stepped in on 10 days' notice. Conor McGregor agrees, agrees to the fight. Agrees. Steps and- up. 
two weight classes and then gets his butt kicked. Well, he loses. I don't. I don't want to say he gets his butt kicked because I don't think he got fair. cocky. He 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 lost and he lost simply because of the ten days. I think if 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 it had been if it had been a full two months of prep, he probably would have won. I feel like because well, he roughed up Nate Diaz in that first round. Yeah. Well, what do you? Th- so McGregor is the featherweight champion. He jumps up two weight classes to welterweight, so he's jumping up thirty pounds almost. Right, and he had ten days to do it. So he's fighting a guy who uh, in a weight class he's never been in before. And we touched on this. We talked about this fight previously. But when you're fighting in the featherweight, you're fighting guys who aren't hitting so hard. They're more fast. They're more quick. Right. Step up to the welterweight. These guys can take shots. Nate Diaz ate a million punches. Yes, he did. Waited for his opening. And took hit him, him hard. Shook him up. Got him off his game. Won the fight. But yeah, so we're, we're in month five and 15 different people have pulled out because of injury. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. And like what we've talked about, they've, they've stipend up on their drug testing. And All right, so let's, let's, let's break this down. Let's, let's break this down into a couple different calls. I'm going to pitch them at you. I want you to tell me your thoughts on it. Okay, so the first one being, you already touched on it, they've stepped up drug and steroid testing. Yes. So that means that the fighters are now cleaner. Now, I, I have a friend of mine who works out regularly, and as he does, he uses steroids. He, he works his cycles, though. He's consulted a doctor, so he, he believes he's using a healthy I don't think there's probably any long term. It's probably it's probably long term not good for him. But what he's doing is he's using the steroids to his advantage to build his body up. In that form, the most MMA fighters probably in some way or another were using that to gain muscle and strength quickly. And now that they're testing for that rigorously, and now that there will be public punishment and suspensions and penalties and fines, possibly even banishment. Now they're probably not doing that. And one of the here, steroids doesn't give it away. Steroids doesn't make you doesn't give you a superpower. It gives you the Oh. It gives you the ability to heal but it's not and recover. Just, it's not just steroids. Either. No, it's not. It's it's all it's all the drugs. It's the steroids. It's the B twelves. It's the growth hormones. Well, it's even all of it. so, BJ Penn is supposed to be fighting. I want to say after UFC two hundred, and he is no longer fighting because he tested positive for some banned substance. So now right. he's out of his. So they're tightening up on all these um, it's the things, supplements and right. whatnot. It's, it's the shortcuts. For, and really, it's again, it's not a superpower. What they're doing is they're cutting Stephen down. Stephen Thompson. Wonder Boy Stephen Thompson. There, oh, you there go. it is. I'll tip my tongue. But Sorry. so what they're doing is cutting down on recovery time so they can get stronger quicker. One of the things, though, they are with cutting down on recovery time is before this year and even last year, I want to say, a lot of these fighters were fighting once and twice a year. Now some of these fighters are fighting four Three, five times yes. a year. They're fighting much quicker. This will this will be Conor McGregor's, what, six? This would have been. This would have been his third fight. Been his third fight this year, but... It's like seventh like fight. His fourth or fifth fight in the last two years. No, more yeah. than that. You keep well, talking. I think there's more than that. Yeah, I think I want to say it's at least six fights in the last two years. If you would have done 200, that would have been, I think, fight number seven in two calendar years. Because he, the, the rise on him has been astronomical and quick. And I feel like he's been fighting every four months. Uh, As a person who doesn't know much about UFC, MMA, MMA or anything? Yeah, pretty much anything about this. I, I've heard his name more than. Pretty much anyone else at this point. Yeah, I, I, well, because he's so big, he's so charismatic, and he's what the sport needed. Oh, so John Jones was the sport, right? Yes, it was John Jones. John, it was John Jones, Jones, and it was Ronda Rousey's sport. Name. It is. Yeah, it, it is. was John Jones and Ronda Rousey's sport. John John Jones has a little brother, Chandler Jones, who plays in the NFL at a high level for the Patriots. Does he play for the Patriots? Or uh, is he, he just in Arizona, got right? He just got cut now. Yeah, so he's in Arizona now. They let him go because he was going to make some money. But the Jones brothers, it's a famous like I love these these athlete families like that. Um, we're going to talk about another athlete family. Maybe later in the show, I hope. But, so, okay, so steroids and drug abuse is part of it. Okay, so you ready? Before we, we get going here? Yeah. 
So March fifth, twenty sixteen, he lost to Diaz. Okay. December twelfth, twenty fifteen, he beat Aldo. July of twenty fifteen, he beat Chad Mendez. January of twenty fifteen, he beat uh, Dennis Cyber. In the September of twenty fourteen, he beat Dustin Poirier. In July of twenty fourteen, Diego Bernada. So right. going so that's, back, that's let's six go back fights. two years. That's we'll six say fights from July of twenty fourteen. Three, four, so six, so three fights a year. But he would have had it would have been seven fights. It would have been seven had he taken if he'd made it to two hundred before they cut him for the publicity stuff and all. Yeah, so it'd have been seven fights in two years, which is a step up. But some guys are going four or five a year now, and so people like yeah. But a champ, would you really have a champion fighting four times a year? He wanted to do this. He did. He did. He wanted to win the title. He every three months he wanted to fight. Right. Conor McGregor was one of those guys who is positive, and all he does is train to win. Right. Allegedly, but he lost the last one. But he was every three months he was going to get ten days. Right. Yeah. Yeah. you heard McGregor though is this was Rousey and this was John Jones sport right Rou- John Jones um, gets suspended title stripped he's gone so Ron- it's it's Ronda Rousey all you heard about was Ronda Rousey true. It's true. she loses to Holly Holm there's nobody left so they, they start riding the wave of, of Conor, Conor McGregor. McGregor he won his title at the right time that's for sure yes he did Um. so okay so we said steroids I also feel like there's two other things that, that go are ahead hit me with it what do you think one of them is the delusion of the field that now you're fighting so many fights you're having so many fighters that now the quality of some of these athletes, whereas before, you would have had so many athletes trying to get fights, you would have fought less anyway, because you didn't have four events a month, you didn't have Friday night fights, FS1 fights, ESPN fights, you didn't have all these other events, so the cards didn't have to be as full, so they could be well stacked for the pay-per-views. Yeah, so the cards now, I mean, you've got probably four to five main event fights, or co-main event fights, whatever, like feature bouts, right? and you've got probably five to six undercards they show on live TV before they go to the paper. Right. But you're right. Back, you know, a few years ago, there was maybe 10 stars total. So they did a pay-per-view every couple of months. There wasn't a whole lot of fighters. Now you've got a bunch of good fighters. Well, even to the point where you could do a pay-per-view a month, but not do the free stuff. No, and they that, didn't do the that, free stuff. And that was giving them enough time. Because then, with so many fighters trying to get their chance, then it rotates more who gets to fight. And then just by nature of there's only 10, there's only 10 matches tonight, so who gets to fight? So that would that would lend more to recovery time, too. Well, it's, it's gone to the, the UFC deal. The UFC stroke... Stro- strike the deal with Reebok. So now uh, every the fighters are on uh, a deal instead of... They're like contracts, basically. Right. more Of like more professional sports. So they're contractually obligated to fight more often than not. And the only way they make money now is by fighting because they don't have much of the sponsors anymore. Right. So they're having to take more fights. They're having to fight more often. So they're, you know... I train myself, okay? And I mean, there's literally... Like, I mean, when I train a few, two or three weeks, I'm like exhausted. My body's broken down. Sometimes you guys see me, I can barely walk sometimes I've been hitting it really hard for a couple weeks. And I'm nowhere near a UFC-type fighter. Not by any means. Right. So, I mean, can you imagine someone doing this for 12 months out of the year? Like, just constantly putting their bodies on this stuff? I mean, it's going to break down at some point. Well, of course And if you don't have any additives to help you... Well, it's kind of the point Corey's making there. It's like, they don't have that... Now that they don't have that stuff, now that there's just so many now new injuries that they weren't happening. Before. Exactly, there's, yeah. there's, they're they're training so much harder and they're burning so, out much, so faster. much faster. And they're training like they used to all the time, right. but they don't have those supplements. They don't have the supplements to recover, recover as because they're worried about they're worried about the tests. And then now there's more fights than ever. So there's going to be a guy. Here's the thing: with more fights, there's more opportunities for someone younger, better, more presentable, oh, definitely. faster than you to come up and steal your spot on the exactly. Ranks. So now you've got now you. This moves to my third so thing. Now we, you feel pressure. Before we jump to your third thing, 
we've been talking about my boy Wonder Boy Steve Thompson. Right. He was like ranked 10th or 11th, I want to say. Uh huh. And he took a fight, and it wasn't even, it was one of the uh, fight nights or whatever, right? Right. And he was fighting Johnny Hendricks. Okay. Everyone, Johnny Hendricks, former champion, everyone just assumed Johnny Hendricks is going to win this fight. Right. Wonder Boy comes out, beats him in like a minute and a half, and it's with now, his feet too. With his feet just destroying him with these crazy kicks. He jumps from like 10 to 4, and now all of a sudden he's in the title picture. Right. I mean, it, one fight can do it. And that's the thing is, so now there's also pressure on the athletes to push themselves and perform. I've got to get my fights. I've got to land my fights. I've got I've to, got win, to my win my fights. Because if I don't win my fights, there's going to be some, there's going to be a wonder kid behind me who's going to kick his way into the picture. And now I'm the odd guy out. Exactly. And so I think those three major factors are why you're seeing this. But this also leads us to something else that I want to touch on here. The WWE. Okay. So the WWE, we talked about this before. You're seeing a massive talent infusion right now from NXT uh, and also from, from New Japan because the WWE is facing the same thing. Loads of injuries. Matter of fact, I just saw a promo talking about John Cena's return. Three days now, I think. And what it made me think about was, man, just a year ago we were saying the same thing. John Cena's return. And it was from a different surgery and a different injury. Here's the thing, though, about Cena is he wasn't slated to return for another six to nine months. Right. But he has been pushing himself so hard in the gym to come back even earlier than Than he was predicted. Seth Rollins has been out. He just came back this last Sunday at Extreme Rules. That's right. So now he's back on top. But I think the difference between WWE and UFC. So UFC is the biggest conglomerate out there. But there is Strike Force. There is Invicta FC. There's a lot of other. Well. There's Bellator now. I don't think it even works. No, no, no. But but there's, there's still wrestlers there and they still are selling out shows they're still relevant sort no they're, they're relevant sort of. they're, they're relevant but with the WWE there is nobody else relevant in America in America you're right at you, all you have to go to New Japan TNA is completely just about washed the crap out oh yeah Actually, I don't think they even have a TV deal right they now. They do. It's on some bunk TV show. Uh, oh, really? Because I thought it actually did. No, no. They're on, what is it called? It's called like, I don't know, like Great Mountain Southwest or some some crazy name like that. Like <laughs> American US Channel. Yeah, it was like the Country Music Channel. But It I wasn't think, Country Music. It's a different one. But I th- Oh, okay. It's a different one. They're on TV, but it's not any popular. Like, you could probably only get it if you have like some weird Direct TV package. Plus where you get every single channel. Oh, okay. Okay. But yeah, like you have New Japan and Japan and a lot of their stars are leaving. So they're not, you don't even get those in the States. You've got Ring of Honor still which is doing their thing, but all their guys, once they get any popularity, they WWE is scooping them up. WWE or so New Japan. The difference is, is WWE is bringing in talent because they are the real deal. But they're, they're bringing, the team, they're, they're the place to be. They're where everybody wants to get Right, to. but they're bringing in talent simply because there's no one left standing. No, there's people standing. Who? Well, I mean, you got people coming up. No, what you're saying is they're bringing up new guys to the main roster because people are getting injured. Yes. Yeah. But they're always going to have talent because they're the they're the only player out. But but you know, look at it this way. So you've got let's just say baseball or basketball. Okay. Okay. So the Lakers, the Celtics, the Knicks have always kind of been the three places people want to go and play. Right. They're the big name. But if you got drafted by the Bucks, you can make a career. You could be on TV. You're okay with that. But in the WWE, you want to be in the WWE. No, no, I agree with you, that. You don't want to just stay in our. No, that's I, I completely agree. You don't. But no, you're be, right. You're right with the injuries. They're having to bring new talent up. Well, yeah, because right things. now, right now, there's literally you go Roman Reigns as the champ, and then you say who's who's the rival? Now it's Seth Rollins. Well, now Seth Rollins is back. So Seth Rollins was gone for a year. So they brought it. They brought back 40 year old Chris Jericho. They brought back well, Chris Jericho, Triple H. No, Triple H. Triple H. Okay, Triple H can still put on a heck of a show. He and he did step in whenever they were. Well, they were playing the whole. So back when we were we were kids, they had the whole corporation. Idea. Right. Yeah. With Vince McMahon, Shane McMahon, they had their own corporation. Right. 
So they kind of replayed that idea a bit. But the reason they replayed it is because there was nothing, there was no one. No, it was great. Daniel Bryan was hurt. Before Daniel Bryan even got hurt, they had the authority. Yeah, they did. It was Triple H, it was Stephanie. And they didn't even wrestle as much. No, they They had Seth Rollins. They had Kane. uh, Kane. They had their own squad. Right. And then it was Randy Orton. Orton. They kind of, as those guys got hurt or whatever. Then Triple H is like, well, crap, man. How do I keep the heat on the authority? Right. So he steps in. Now the authority's gone completely. Correct. So Shane McMahon worked, and now they have a new... Now, well, Shane and Stephanie, they're working together. And right. Stephanie's kind of turned a new leaf to where she's more of the positive uh, face version, right. not as much as a heel. But no, you're right. Um, they're having to, to rehash things because of injuries. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Right. You know, they're having to redo things. But the reason I want to touch on the fly today is because... You you mentioned something with Stardust Cody Rhodes. I did. I um I was always a big fan of Cody Rhodes, and I'm gonna even touch on this guy. He's not in the wrestling anymore. Ted DiBiase. Okay. They're both second generation wrestlers. Um, they were also a part of a um a stable at one point with Randy Orton, who was also a second generation wrestler. Oh yeah. yeah and yeah. um Cody and, and and Ted never really got pushed. I think that they deserve. So I'm gonna say this about WWE because WWE is so big. A lot of times they just feed us crap. And we just take it because they're the biggest game out there. We love wrestling. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's kind of the Captain America thing. I probably will read the story, even though I completely hate it. Right. But, you know, for the longest time, like, the fans hated John Cena as champion. Do you think WWE cared? He still sold and made money. They kept him as champion. Daniel Bryan. People wanted Daniel Bryan to be champion so bad. He became champion. And not long after that, he lost his title. Then he got hurt, got stripped. And then, you know, he's gone now because of injuries. But they always just, I feel like they force feed us crap. And don't give us... But do you think that they were a little bit right about Daniel Bryan? Because what, uh, what I've read is the hesitation for Daniel Bryan was they still want their champion to have a certain look. And the no, look exactly. is that's that, the that thing. polished athletic and that's the thing. body is Daniel Bryan. And that's what I go back to. They want to give us crap. So John Cena. Um, even you've got uh, Roman Reigns. They've but there's the no Triple denying, H. There's no denying Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is different. You, you, but there's no denying that Seth Rollins is like, he looks the part of a champion. Whereas He's, Daniel Bryan didn't. No, not necessarily. Okay, let's say Seth Rollins was a member of... Of the Shield, correct, with the three of them. He wasn't even the focus. No, he really was point of Shield. He really he wasn't. was always the third wheel. It was Dean yeah, Ambrose. Yeah. Dean Ambrose was the leader of Shield. Well, and that was because Dean Ambrose has great mic skills. Great mic skills. Roman Reigns was the muscle, and Seth Rollins was always just the guy. He was there. kind of the high flyer. He was, yeah, he was just the guy that was there that would do the crazy stuff. Right, but he's a hybrid. He's got the the, the flying body type of Daniel Bryan, but he's also kind of got that muscular build. There's, like, there's power. Like Cena, there is. Yes. And they gave him a push, and it worked. Right. And everybody loved him. But as soon as he went away, they just they gave it to Roman Reigns. They put it back on the Cena-type guy. Right. And no one's like No, no one liked it. Everyone hates it. But people keep watching. Right. And so we'll get thing. back to, to DiBiase and uh, Cody Rhodes. Like, I really feel, I don't think either one of them ever went higher than the Intercontinental title. Probably not. But they both had the skills, the wrestling skills. Even the Mike skills. See, I completely disagree with that one. They could have. They could have been. Cody Rhodes has never wowed me with his with his on air stuff. Oh, he's wowed me plenty of times. There's never there's never been a Cody Rhodes bit where I've seen it. and I was like, you know what, that guy, that guy, I'm ready for that guy to fight now. Whereas, I would have no problem with the title on either one of those fellows. I I, I don't think they, they can wrestle. Here's the thing though about, about no, they wrestling. can wrestle. Here's the thing about wrestling. If you got a guy who can wrestle, like can put on a great show, but his mic skills are uh, so what? You give him a manager. That's yeah, how you solve the issue. People people have kind of moved away from it. There aren't yeah. many other than Paul Heyman, and they and they wisely use Paul Heyman. He's the only male um, manager. They use a lot of females. Well, well, Lana still. I think I think that's the only other manager right now. That I'm thinking of off the top uh, of my head. Ms. Mrs. Wife Mar- Mars. Maurice? Some French chick. Who does she 
they're married in real life, and she manages the Miz. Um, yeah, Rusev, I've never seen her at like the Miz's ringside. Yeah, she's always there. She was there this, this last week on uh, right before Extreme Rules. Hmm. Um, Rusev has has his chick. Lana, um, you know, so, oh god, I love Lana. Yeah, so I mean, you can do it if you give them the right manager. But you're right, WWE has kind of moved away. I mean, from I mean, the if whole... we think of the heyday, there was like ten of them. There oh, was the god. mouth of the south. Mouth of the south. There was Paul Bearer. There was you know anybody you could think of. There was uh, Miss Elizabeth. There was right. Miss Jack. There was the Asian guy, was, you know, <laughs> uh, Mr. Sony Ono. Uh, and then, uh, uh, Even Eric Bischoff. Eric Bischoff. That's who I was trying to think of. Uh, so yeah, there were definitely there, that was a thing back then. You're right. If you couldn't re- if you couldn't talk, but you could wrestle, I w- we got that covered. But now they need they want their people to do it all, and the reality is some of these guys can't. And I think Co- uh, so. You you anyway. If you want to kind of paraphrase Cody Rhodes. So basically, Cody Rhodes has been asked. So a year ago, Dusty Rhodes, which is Cody Rhodes' father, passed away. So he's said this has been the hardest year of his life. He's really been rethinking the way he's doing things. If you don't know, Cody Rhodes' brother is his older brother is Dustin Rhodes Jr. Basically, gold dust. gold dust. So about a year ago, they put Cody Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes into a tag team together. They repackaged Cody Rhodes as Stardust, which is another form of the Gold Dust character. He had his own face paint. Correct. His, Correct. His he was crazy like a cosmic outfit. love yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And so the, over the past year, Cody Rhodes just hasn't been feeling it. It's like, this is not the character I am. It was really something different than he's always been. But you he know what's interesting, to, though? He is, tried to make it work. It, and I think it did work. I really, and he I just, just, it got him airtime. It made him visibly appealing. He just, yeah, he just wasn't, he, he wasn't, wasn't feeling it. He man. wasn't feeling it. And that's He felt fair. like, you know, it, to him, like, one of the things he said, so, he's been asking for his release, he gets his release. He immediately goes on social media, releases a statement, basically just ripping the WWE creative apart, and being like, you know, I've been trying to get them to let me go back to the Cody Rhodes, I've been running angles at them, I've been in there every single day for hours, just pleading my case, they don't care. They want me to be Stardust, they want me to be middle card, and to him, he what he said is, money has never been the thing. They've given me opportunities, they've paid me really well, so that's not the issue. It's the wrestling. He's like, I'm a wrestler. I want to be a wrestler. There's more to my legacy, to my father's legacy, than me being Stardust. He's like, you know, every time the checks came in, you can ask my wife, I didn't even look at him. I just gave him to her. She cashed him. She takes care of all that. I was all about the wrestling. And my love for wrestling in this business or in this company has gone away because of the gimmicks they put me in. I wasn't feeling it anymore. I got to the point where I realized in WWE, I will never go higher than Stardust. So he's like, I granted my release. I got my release. He thanked a few people for some of the things they, they, they did. And he said, when it comes to me, though, he's like, I'm a wrestler. So you will see me wrestle again very soon. So he's going somewhere else, which is going to be awesome. It's also, <laughs> it's also kind of hard because, as you guys were saying before, is that WWE is the only player on right, the Right, right. So here's, here's my issue with that. Is what Nico just hit it right on the head. So here's the thing. It sounds to me like Cody Rhodes, and I'm going to be really unfair to him right here. I'm going to be really unfair. It sounds to me like Cody Rhodes wanted to be a wrestler. And he wanted to be in charge of his own wrestling career, and he wanted to make his own decision. Yeah, there's not a person in the WWE who does that. Oh, definitely there is. There's, no, there's not because not even Triple H can, can get. He's put. He's supposed to be taking over this whole time, and every time Vince McMahon wants to come back in, yeah, but Triple, Triple H, H, can't H is stop where him. he is for one main reason. Well, no, when you bang the boss's daughter, <laughs> you kind of pull the strings in the back. But I will say WWE has been very good about not letting the wrestlers control. Their creativity. They don't. The because WCW don't. did. You saw how that turned out. That turned out awful. Jeff Jarrett gave himself the world title. Yeah, so no, no it, it worked. Well, Jeff Jarrett also owned TNA. That's why he had the world title several times there. Right. But uh, yeah, and like you said, he wanted to. He wanted to do his own thing. He wanted to be. But and there's nowhere else to wrestle. If you want to wrestle, you want to wrestle the world's best at the to, world's biggest stage. 
at the Worlds. We literally just got done no, we saying did. We did. there's but nowhere else to go. You can also commend them on this. If, if you work, let's just take wrestling out of it. Okay. If you work for a company and you realize you flatlined, there is nowhere else you can go. You got to move away, right? You got to go somewhere else. Like, so if I work for company A and company A makes a million dollars a year and I want to be the top salesman and it's not going to happen. I'm not growing anywhere with company B over here only makes $300,000 a year. But if I go there, I know I can be the top guy. Some people, they would, they, they're it's not about the money. It's about what they do. They'll go to company. And that's kind of where Cody Rhodes is going. No, and, and I, and I understand that's what he wants. I don't know where he'll end up. That's the thing is this is a story. Here's the thing. When you watch athletes, Pride cometh before the fall. Definitely. When you start seeing athletes say things like that, that typically is the opening intro for their where are they now? Uh their their documentary, the fall of Cody Rhodes, the It's all over for him. Right. He's still a young fella. He is. There's plenty of time to fix it. Although this is a hard thing on the body wrestling, especially considering he's about to take a step down and people he wrestles against. Which raises your chance for injury. Aren't as good. Yeah. Uh, he's about to take. He's about to take a step down in medical quality and care. I guarantee you, WWE probably has some pretty BA insurance. Insurance. Yeah, you're not. You're not lying. So I guarantee you, it's gonna. It's gonna be a step down in quality of doctors he sees. This is not gonna be the walk in the park that I think he feels like. This might be the most creatively freeing thing he's ever done, and it, it might feel good for about an hour. But when you start talking about this, is something like when Latrell Sprewell said he had kids to feed and was insulted by the Milwaukee Bucks offering him twenty-one million dollars over three years. You know what the next offer was? No. Nothing. Yep. No team made him an offer after that statement because they then realized Latrell Sprewell isn't here to play basketball; he's here to be a fool. And so. When Cody Rhodes says, I will never be bigger than Stardust, listen, your brother Goldust has made a living and a career and, yeah, a, and a legacy but to, him, to be Goldust. But to him, he doesn't want to be... He doesn't want to be kind of like that, that shadow. He doesn't want to be that He wants Stardust. to be his own person. He wants he wants Cody Rhodes to be what's important. Yeah, definitely. Not no. Stardust. Hey, man, I'm all for people wanting to better themselves and do what they want to but, do. But I don't think... Hey, we're doing this podcast because we wanted to do that. That's true. You know but I, mean? I don't think that's what it is. Like, I don't, uh, we didn't call this Corey De Guardia radio. We didn't say this is no, Joey. Right, because I would never have done that. Right. First of all, you would have loved. I would have been out You would have loved to be second host me and, on Corey De Guardia radio. Me and the Dragon Slayer over here would have <laughs> just had our own, our own show. <laughs> but. No one would be producing yours. Whoa. It'd be whoa. Corey DLG and the gray hair beard. And we'd have, I'd have like six like smoking Asians in the background. Just I don't think so everything. because I've never seen you hang out with Asians unless you're at a Chinese buffet. Well, yeah, that's where I would be okay, so, right now. But, go ahead, go ahead and take us home and close this up. All right, so here's 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 what I'm getting at is I feel like Cody Rhodes is choosing pride and saying that like yes he's he's had a rough year in pride that probably grief plays a role in this somehow definitely. But I, I feel like what he is saying isn't being fair. To what he does, because what you do as a wrestler is you show up to work, they give you a gig, and you go out and you kill it, which he's done. He's he's done. And he's been he's been asking for his release for several months. He hasn't slacked off. He hasn't no, no, missed. No, no, I wouldn't matches. have known this was going on at all unless I brought it up. Right, I wouldn't have known this was the story of Stardust. So I will credit his work, but you don't get to say, "Listen, I'm tired of being Stardust," because the reality is, if you go somewhere else, they're going to make a Cody Rhodes gimmick out of you anyway. Even if that gimmick well, is... going to call him Dust Star and he's going to be like some lame well, guy. <laughs> even, if it's, even if it's like, oh, the legacy trying to come into his own, they're going to make him like be a legend killer like Randy Orton was. Like which it's always... Awesome. A, which was always... No, there's always gimmicks. It's I always just, a gimmick. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I just... Only time will tell. Oh, wow, you're so philosophical. Philosophical? Yeah. yeah it's it, like a mix between philosophy and philosophies. They're great with syrup. Yep. All right, and with that, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we got a little bit left here in the show. We're going to talk uh, con etiquette. 
And talking nerdy. And we're going to talk some nerdy. We'll be right back. All right, guys, let me tell you about one of my good friends and a longtime fan and supporter of the show, Wrecker Mike. He's a good friend, and he, he takes care of me every time I've had myself in a bit of trouble, and he can help you guys out, too. Whether you simply locked your keys in your car, or God forbid you get in a car accident or something, and you, or you want to try and just save some money on a deductible, or you've had too much to drink, and you just don't want to mess with the DUI or even run the chance of getting one, Wrecker Mike can help you out. You want to give him a call at 281-830-5819. That's 281-830-5819. Wrecker Mike, he's my friend, and trust me, when you need him, you want him to be your friend, too. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio on Money Green Music, where there's still time to buy ads for the month of May. Put your hats on and grab your Ouija board. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio. <laughs> we're going to get sued by a bunch of Christians thinking we're talking about devil worship. It's I'm awesome. the Captain Joey Savage with my fireman's blonde ale. Right. To my right is the Ouija master, Nico. Don't Ooh. call me that. I'm you are the Ouija master. That's terrifying. I've seen movies. Sitting across from me villain. is the Blue Beast, Corey D.L.G. I, I am the Blue Beast. So we got a few minutes here uh, before we wrap up episode nine, the take-home show today. We do, we do. Uh, we are going, we recorded this show uh, early because of the flooding. Yes. So we're going to talk a little bit about what we expect to see at Space City Con, yeah. what we like about comic conventions. Yes. And anything else might come out of our mouths in the next 10 minutes. We don't know. Buckle up. It's buckle up. Scary. Grab your Ouija board. Buckle your seatbelts down. Stop grabbing Ouija Please keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle at all times. Yeah. So, by the way, we yeah we got to work on the intro thing with the... With, He's going to fix flip, it. Yeah, because I'm going to flip it. Because that's... Yeah. He's talking about that in the last episode, and it's already going to be flipped when the show starts. So, cut that out. Just put like a every time you say like, every time you say cut that out, and if I do cut that out, then you're just gonna randomly just come in and say, "Make sure you cut that out." By the way, right? No, <laughs> no cutting do, out. When I say cut it out, you know, right after that, just segment it off and just read five lines of Hamlet, and just we'll go on to the next. I, okay, okay, that is not happening. <laughs> Leave this it, as it, it. my do favorite it. line from the movie Hamlet. You think that ankle hurt now? Yeah. You change this and we'll see how it goes. My name is Dragon Slayer Nico. No. I'm going to read you my favorite line from Hamlet. I am slain. I am slain. Things we want to see at the convention. So not want to see. So DLG, when we go to the comic conventions, we go pretty often. We do. What are the top three things you look for when we go to the conventions? So one of the first things I always like to see is Artist Alley. I think Artist Alley is a lot of fun. I love seeing the different styles of art. I love seeing people's versions of characters. So if you've never been to a con before, they always have this artist alley. All these comic artists, whether they've been published in uh, local or big comics, time. Or they just sell prints. They all have booth setups. They've got their drawings set up. You can take looks at them. And a lot them, of them will do sketches. Yeah, we've always got a couple characters done of right. Sadie Savage, who's passed out now. But uh, yeah, so that was, that's one of your good things. And playing off of that, though, that's one of my top three things. I like to go and purchase some of these you prints. You do. You spend a lot of money on the arts. You 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 love buying, because they're one of a kind. They're cool. They're one of a kind. A lot of times they sign them for you. I, I famously, in my uh, game room, where we usually record Nerd Thug Radio, have a Captain America Red Skull facing each other. Uh, it's so cool. It really is. I also love the Godzilla Avengers one. I have an Avengers one fighting Godzilla, which is awesome. Yeah, so you get these prints that are very unique. They're one of a kind. Maybe not unique, one of a kind as there's not another one that exists, but unique one of a kind in the sense that this artist made this. You're not going to see this anywhere else unless this artist. Right. You're not going to find it on a store shelf somewhere. Exactly, exactly. These are number two. So the number two thing that I love to see, I'll go ahead and say it right here, cosplay models. 
You love the cosplay. I models. love cosplay models, but I, first of all, I want to say it this way. Yes, because uh, I'm a pervy old man, I'm fine with that. But also because this is such a cool thing that's come out in the past couple of years where people have really embraced nerddom. It's probably been the last three to four, I would say. That it's really kind of blown up. And now you just see these people in these costumes and the work they put into it and the detail. And the, it's an art. It really, there are, it really is an art. There are ladies and gentlemen who their entire job is cosplay. And I think that's amazing. I would love to there do are these girls radio podcasts for who, life. If like I could. Ivy Doom Kitty yes. is, is a big one. Uh, uh, just, Le- Jessica Negri famously. Leanne Vamp's another one. Yes. Uh, there's just tons of them. And all they do is cosplay. And they sell prints and stuff They're online. essentially the nerds supermodel. They get paid to go to these cons and have their booth set up. They do promotional stuff. Do they get paid? Do they get like, I think so. Fees? I think, I think I'm I'm sure. that some of them do. Actually. Yeah, you've got to think. You can't think. Either they get paid for these things. Or they make a killing. Or they make a killing at them selling their prints and stuff. Um, so it's very cool. And one of the cool things is, you know, my little seven-year-old is into cosplay herself already. So Mom Savage makes her costumes. This is going to be four years in a row. Yep, yep. So for me and DLG, it helps because now all these people see her awesome cosplay. So all of Corey's favorite cosplay models Mm-mm-mm, find her ladies. so adorable. They want to run up and take their picture with her, and Corey gets a little bit closer. To That's her. right. I smell their hair. Smell their hair. That is creepy. It's totally creepy. But no, I, I first of all, I admire it because just I, I think some of these women are beautiful, and I love that there are beautiful geeks out there. I love. It's that. not even so much the cosplay models who make a living at it. Other people who just come to the convention, yes, dress up themselves, and they're just walking around, and it's just and fun. It's, just, it's fun. You, you get to see these people dress up as these characters they love. It's all, this is going to sound lame, it's about love. It's all about that expression of these are things that I enjoy. I enjoy reading these things, seeing these things, playing these things. So this is who I am. I love this. It's great. And I love that these people, I love that they do this. I think this is such a cool, cool thing. I would never have the skill that they have technically to put these things together. Uh, some of these costumes, some of these armors. you got to get up with Mommy Savage. Yes, yeah. Some of these things are so intricate. Last year, my favorite was that Black Canary who she looked like from the era. Yes. And the girl looked exactly like the Black Canary from the or era. Or was it two years ago we were there, and there's a, a female we know, and I only know her through our friend uh, Maddie. Matt Mayhem. Matt Mayhem that was on the show. There's a friend of his that he he's grown up with. Her name is Marie Dahl. She's on Instagram. Yes, I do remember this. Uh, so we went to her booth, and we got to meet her a little bit, talk to her, because Matt knew her. Well, her boyfriend also, I don't know if they're still together now, but at the time, he was cosplaying yes. as well, and they would do stuff together. He had built that awesome war machine on Right, with the magnetic faceplate. With the magnetic faceplate that yes. would move up and down. It's just the time and effort that they, they put, put into, into these this. things. It's just amazing. I mean, it they really even is. had their own TV show. Remember that? It was on... Um, Yes. It, was it on VH1? It was one of those shows. Oh, yeah, yeah. the cosplayers did. I cosplayers. Think, I think you were talking about the no, couple, no, no. and I was like, what? Yeah, the cosplayers. It was a, it was a show. Yes, they did. Two two seasons. They did. They followed Yaga Han, who's probably the most famous cosplayer. Uh, I will tell this story. Uh, when I had my own shops for comics, there were several regulars who came in. One of them, he he was kind of like a journeyman collector. You know, these people who make their living buying, selling, and trading. Yeah. Never probably had a real gig in, in probably the last 20 years, but he makes his money off of collectibles. Anyway, every time he would come in without his wife, he would spend a solid 15 minutes giving me the rundown on the last episode of his cosplayers. And it would be the most awkward, uncomfortable conversation. Hearing a large old man talk about cosplayers. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just, he just would always, he didn't have, he didn't understand personal space. So he'd be really close to me telling me these stories. It always was just kind of, kind of awkward. Yeah, yeah, it was a little so awkward. So I'm going to get into my second favorite thing to do when we go to the, the convention. Which is? So one of my favorite things to do is to find which wrestlers are going to be there. Yes. And then get to meet them and, yes. and take pictures with them. 
Absolutely. So a couple years ago, Kevin Nash was an idol of mine. I oh. love Kevin Nash growing up. Hi. He was there. I talked to him a few, few seconds. We did a picture doing the Wolfpack sign. Better than that, though, the, the Big Papa Pump. Oh, yeah. Big Papa Pump a few years was there. Uh, Scott Steiner. We got to watch him wrestle. He was right walked right next to my daughter, gave her a high five. They made friends. They made friends. <laughs> it's a family-friendly environment. He was dropping F-bomb left and right. It was so great. It you was, had no idea where he was. It was a great time. It really was. So before we jump into our number one thing we like to see most when we get to cons, let's take a quick station identification break. I like it. All right, guys, let me tell you about one of my good friends and a longtime fan and supporter of the show, Wrecker Mike. He's a good friend, and he he takes care of me every time I've had myself in a bit of trouble, and he can help you guys out, too. Whether you simply locked your keys in your car, or God forbid you get in a car accident or something, or you want to try and just save some money on a deductible, or you've had too much to drink, and you just don't want to mess with the DUI or even run the chance of getting one, Wrecker Mike can help you out. You want to give him a call at 281-830-5819. That's 281 830-5819. Wrecker Mike, he's my friend, and trust me, when you need him, you want him to be your friend, too. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio on Money Green Music, where there's still time to buy ads for the month of May. We were talking about conventions, talking about things that we we love at conventions. Here with Joey Savage, this is Corey DLG and the Clear Glass Nico. Clear Glass Nico. So, I can see through you. That would be creepy. That would be so weird. Corey DLG. My number one thing. Your number one thing when we go to these cons. Okay. My number one thing when I go to these cons is on the last day of the con. Oh, you stole my idea. Deal day. Deal day is the best. Joey, tell me about deal day. So deal day is Sunday, okay? Usually Sunday is the last day of the con. Most people, toward the end of the day, they're closing up. And you can find this at any kind of convention. I have my father-in-law does these swap meets with truck parts. He does the same thing, deal day. So deal day is the last day of a show. People are getting ready to go home. They don't necessarily want to pack everything up. It's a pain in the butt. They're trying to make as much money as they can as, as quickly as they can. Make the trip pay off. So they start making deals on stuff. They, crazy Crazy deals. deals. You can... So typically when I buy artwork, it's usually two for 20 or three for 25. Right, right. Deal day, though, I might be able to squeeze three for 10. Uh-oh. You know what I'm saying? Ten bucks, give me three prints, good to go. Uh, we look for hero click stuff. We always look for hero. Uh, we look for Funko Pops. We look for anything we and do. everything. Whenever you started Spogomics, yes, we were buying stuff up. Oh man, deal day. We hit so much stuff. We, we hit could so much stuff up. That's right. The, my favorite was the action figures. Oh, we got tons. We, we got of tons of action figures, and we got them at basically <laughs> six or seven dollars a pop. And these things were going for fifteen to eighteen on the internet. Comics, even you've got yeah. a lot of people mm-hmm. who show up and they sell comics. It's mostly a comic convention, but on deal day, it's like twenty for a dollar. Yeah. So, I mean, you come home with, like, 40 comics for, like, two bucks. By the end of it, uh, one of them, the Comic Palooza two years ago, that one booth, Pop Culture Comics, was literally selling the whole small boxes. Yeah, just take the like, whole thing. It was, like, 10 bucks take for the, the whole box. things. So, you can find a lot of missing comics that you've been looking for. You can find a lot of runs. They do, deals on, just, they do deals on trades. Yes, they do. They do all kinds of stuff. Oh, that's that's always fun, too, the trades on, on deal day. How many trades can I get? $10. Oh, my goodness. I, I love coming home with tons of comics. And then someone going, how much did you spend? I spent $45. Nice. Last year uh, on Deal Day, I picked up a con-exclusive white and black power battery That's from, right. for HeroClix. Going for like 50 bucks when, at the uh, con in your stores and stuff. I think I dropped $15. Deal Day. Deal Day. So since you kind of um, stole my idea, 
Well, we can co-champion. That. We can co-champion. So we're going to be, um, it, I'm the interim champion and you're the, the champion. We'll battle it out some other time. We'll battle it out on the Hero Clicks board for champion of, of, of Midnight Suns. Mill Day. Mill Day. I win Mill Day. One of the things I love the most about the cons is the game. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I'm going to take you back. The first big con, uh, con I went to after so many years was probably five years ago. DLG, it was just me, you, and your pops. Yep. We didn't really get much into the gaming. No, I wasn't into gaming. Like I've said before, I've never played tabletop games. Always video games, but nothing beyond poker or Uno. Right, right. So then four years ago, I guess it's been four years now, we go to the con, and you guys start telling about this game called Heroclix. I knew nothing about it, but hey, dude, it's like chess with action figures. And we'd been seeing the little pieces of the different stores that we'd been talking about all day. So I was interested in them. Right. So I bought some. And the love began. Yeah. So now every year, oh, man. we go to the gaming area, we play, we can win prizes. You know, we get to hang out with some of the local great players that we only get to see every once in a while. And you get to kind of see what different people are doing. And so you get to see anything. You get to see big games of... You walk into that gaming alley, and everyone's playing just a hundred different games. Different games. All yes. these Star Wars Armada games. And you've got Warhammer going on. People are running Magic and Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! I'm pointing my fingers out left and right as I'm talking about it right now. The gaming area is one of my favorite things to do. It is exciting. At it is exciting. Con. One of my favorite con memories ever is uh, I was on a mission with young Nico here. I was going to make him into a man that trip, and I was making him do everything. You and I kind of joked about it later how I kept making him. Oh yeah, that was that people. was great. That was great. Was making him make that was the same. That was the same year the, same as the love of HeroClix was correct. Born. So we get up to we get up to the gaming floor and we're watching HeroClix happen. And I had never played before. And you never played, and I didn't know what they were doing. It looked like some sort of organized tournament though, and so I. Said, Nico, that guy over there looks pretty official. Go ask him what's going on. And Nico didn't want to at first. No, Nico was young. Nico, 15, 14? No, it was 14. Yeah. So poor 14-year-old Nico, I'm pretty much just making him go talk to strangers. I'm making him make deals and bargain with fat, nerdy, ugly comic book store people. I'm, ma- I'm, I'm, I'm working him. I want him to, to, to gain some skills here. We're having fun with it. He goes, he starts talking to this guy, and me and Joey are watching him from across the room and all of a sudden this guy just starts handing Nico stuff. Just box after box after box. Handing Our Nico eyes stuff. get big. I immediately look at Joey I said, holy crap, I think he just signed us up for something. What is going on? And I go over there to tell him we don't have any money. I don't know what's going on. We don't have any money. But the guy goes, oh yeah, okay, here they are. And he starts handing us a bunch of free stuff too. Turns out these were con exclusive LE hero clicks. We only, we learn much later how valuable these things were, how rare they were. They These were our first hero clicks. I though. still have mine. Uh, I, have, I have all three of mine. I have traded all three of mine away. <laughs> <laughs> you, you dirty rat. <laughs> you dirty, dirty rat. But it was such a fun thing because literally out of the blue, this guy just starts handing us stuff. Oh yeah, I got tons of these. And then, I mean, think about that now. Do you see them doing that now? Like, I don't see them handing out the con exclusives like no, that. No, I don't. I mean... Well, it, like when you think about... Oh, actually, no. Because I'm thinking about the timing of when that happened. Right. That was when, like, Galactic Guardians came out. That was when, like... Right, Taraxia was literally, uh, she was a con, she was an LE. Yeah, she wasn't a con, but she was an LE. She was an LE, but the, the, uh, the, Son of Batman was a was an LE. That's such yeah. a, that's such a gorgeous I have figure, that one too. That's a, that's a con piece, actually, isn't it? Damian Wayne, appearance, Batman number 666. Uh, and then, uh, the Nightwing Huntress piece. Nightwing Batgirl. Batgirl. Nightwing Batgirl. I traded that away. I still And then retraded for it again. Hey. <laughs> I traded it to Matt. Mayhem, because Matt Mayhem got into the game for a bit. 
And then when he got out, I, I traded it back for him. Nice, nice. So with that being said, this has been show number nine. We want to thank you for listening. We Corey got, DLG, what you got? We got. We do have a major announcement we're going to make here. Well, should we announce it now, or should we make them wait and release a video on the Facebook page? Better idea. That's a great idea. Is it? It is. So guys, okay, we have a huge announcement. Keep your eyes peeled. Keep on your eyes Facebook. peeled. I will post something on Facebook on Monday morning. Tell you what day we are going to drop this video. You guys are going to be blown away. This is it's excellent. our big announcement going into the tenth episode. So we are, we've been teasing episode ten is going to be awesome. We've been ep- we've been teasing episode ten was going to be big and before. Before episode 10 even kicks off, we have a big announcement. This is true. Facebook.com backslash Radio. Check us out. If you have it, like the page. Look for the announcement. All right. That'll get us out of here then. Thank you very much for listening. As always, Nerd Thug Radio on Money Green Music, home of the throwback. Talking nerdy. All right, guys. Let me tell you about one of my good friends and a longtime fan and supporter of the show, Wrecker Mike. He's a good friend, and he, he takes care of me every time I've had myself in a bit of trouble, and he can help you guys out too. Whether you simply locked your keys in your car, or God forbid you get in a car accident or something, and you, or you want to try and just save some money on a deductible, or you've had too much to drink, and you just don't want to mess with the DUI or even run the chance of getting one, Wrecker Mike can help you out. You want to give him a call at 281-830-5819. That's 281-830-5819. Wrecker Mike, he's my friend, and trust me, when you need him, you want him to be your friend too. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio on Money Green Music, where there's still time to buy ads for the month of May. Nerd Thug Radio will be right back. Alright guys, let me tell you about one of my good friends and a longtime fan and supporter of the show, Wrecker Mike. He's a good friend and he, he takes care of me every time I've had myself in a bit of trouble and he can help you guys out too. Whether you simply locked your keys in your car, or God forbid you get in a car accident or something, and you, or you want to try and just save some money on a deductible, or you've had too much to drink, and you just don't want to mess with the DUI or even run the chance of getting one, Wrecker Mike can help you out. You want to give him a call at 281-830-5819. That's 281-830-5819. Wrecker Mike, he's my friend, and trust me, when you need him, you want him to be your friend too.